I'm so excited. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show on a gorgeous uh, June Tuesday. I like it. I do like it. Uh, yeah, listen, this poor lady uh, passed away. Bonnie Hunter, I believe her name was. This uh, is the other uh, Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters, yes. Yeah. Uh, They're all dead, all of them? Maybe it was Bonnie Pointer. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie Hunter was the, the girl on the uh, sitcom. I don't know, whatever. You mean anyway. Bonnie Franklin from One Day at a Time? Yeah, something like that. You're all what, over whatever. this stuff. This, this lady Let me just, get TV for 100, please, Alex. This, this lady <laughs> just passed away at 69. God rest her soul, but she came up with that. That was a great song. There were a couple others from uh, back in the day. Oh, a lot of them. Slow Touch, the song from Beverly Hills uh, uh, Cop. No, no, Here, here's the one you're going to love. Uh, yeah. Heaven... Heaven Can Wait or something like What is that one, Matt Meany? Heaven I am Can actually wait. in the process of finding that. That's yeah. not the well, Warren Beatty movie, the remake. I don't know. I, Have I, me in your arms. Are you on, like, ecstasy this morning or something? What's going on I'm with feeling you? good. I'm feeling you do, good. You, Look, you, know, the, you walked into my office like a quarter to six, and he goes, where's the love? <laughs> I've, now, I've been working with Bernie for four-plus years. I love him like a brother. I really do. He's never walked into my office before the showtime and uh, looked for love or hugs or kisses. Uh, so, Listen, man. <laughs> I, I swear, you know, I was pulling into the, uh, the garage this morning across the street, 31st Street. And uh, like it has been the past couple of days, just a procession, really, of construction workers. Yeah. I love it. I love the sight. So phase one, uh, far from what I actually was thinking yesterday, that it really means nothing – I saw a hell of a lot of construction workers, and I felt, I felt like I was one of them. You know, we're all parking our cars, and yeah. we're strutting out. These guys are actually going to work. I'm coming here to, you know, talk into a microphone. But yeah. that's phase one. I did see a lot of those guys down in Penn Station yesterday when we left here about 1030. But I also did show you a picture I put up on my Instagram account this morning at Sid Rosenberg hopping on the downtown one train from 103 to Madison Square Garden. You saw the yeah. picture, Bernie. I was the only person. In two cars. You, you know, it could be that uh, could be that people are still wary about traveling on the subways. Now, that is part and of And they it. have added cars. Yes, that is part so of it. So it spreads it out more. Yeah. It's uh, also the first train, the 5.09 a.m. First train. You're right. People are still nervous about taking the subway. In fact, I was talking to my wife yesterday. She's like, I'll go back to work, but I'm not taking the subway. Well, how are you going back to work? You're going to drive your car and park every day in midtown Manhattan? Forget about it. Well, uh, in, in any case, uh, today, yesterday was phase one, uh, and so there is activity, and that's good. Uh, today, Westchester County is phase two. Tomorrow, Nassau County, phase two. On and on it goes, folks. They keep rolling it out slowly. Listen to this idiot uh, Cuomo. By the way, as the, the New York Daily News called, open everything now. Open it all now, you stupid metrics. The WHO actually came out yesterday. The WHO came out and said that uh, asymptomatic spread of the coronavirus is a myth, is a canard. It doesn't happen. It's very, very rare. I mean, that was like part of uh, the reason why we all freaked out. You might not be sick and you're spreading the damn thing. That's right. Uh, but, I mean, but, and, and, and they came out and said, said, no, 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 no. Now they tell us after everything we went through. Yeah, but I knew it already because uh, here I you're am. You're a smart guy. I'm a smart guy. Here I am taking the subway every day for three months when I was told 90 days ago not to take the subway once in Penn Station, in Madison Square Garden, in my home with a son who's got respiratory issues, and all four of us have now tested yeah. negative. And so there's no way in a million years with what I'm exposed to every single day, if I'm asymptomatic, somebody in my house is going to get sick. Hey, how about me? Same thing. You didn't get me sick. Right, and I'm so, sitting two I feet away exactly. from you. And your you, you, you spittle is coming my way. You're looking at me. It's, uh, look, and this is what, uh, this is what uh, the idiot uh, moron governor that we have, Cuomo, said yesterday. Congratulations. Day 100. We're reopening. 
we did great. Don't lose your discipline. Be smart. Remember what worked and how we did this. Uh, and don't get cocky and don't get arrogant. Shut and up. look at those other states that reopened and the number went up. So it can happen. Another lie. The states where they reopened, it's going down. The states, it's been a wild success where the states where they reopened and people were saying, oh my God, it's going to be the apocalypse. What are they doing? It's gone down. Well, it's, it's funny you say that. I was talking to my cousin, Linda, who lives in Boca Raton yesterday because my wife is heading down to Florida next week to take care of some business. And so Linda FaceTimes us about once a week. She's our closest relative on my wife's side. And she goes, you know, the numbers are going up down here. And I said, what do you mean the numbers are going up down here? She goes, well, we, the numbers are going up. I go, no, no, cousin Linda, they're actually testing more people. Yes. So uh, I need to know what is the uh, what is the fraction of folks? The rate of positivity. Right. The percentage of people, the overall population. Yes, it's going down. And she finally admitted that she's a, a, a diehard liberal. She can't stand Donald Trump, one of those types of folks. But she did admit after I posed that question to her, what's the actual rate of infection? You know, she's like, well, here's, here's what's funny is uh, the fact that she hates Trump, she probably wants the numbers to go up because she knows DeSantis is allied with Trump. Of course. And so, yeah, they, they, they're actually, I mean, it's typical, right, of, uh, of these uh, TDS people. They want, they want chaos. They want uh, a depression. They want uh, a disease. They want people dying in the hundreds of thousands. Anything to stop the evil orange man down hmm. in the White House from winning re-election. Uh, now, listen, of course, uh, Overnight, believe it or not, uh, there were seven people shot in Brooklyn in three separate incidents, three, in three separate hoods, one in Bed-Stuy, Malcolm X Boulevard, the one at Flatbush Avenue, one in Brownsville. And, you know, by, by the way, none of those, no Bay Ridge, no Mill Basin, no Sheep's Head Bay. You mean, Let's go over those three neighborhoods once again. Okay, okay, yeah. so, so they're yeah. Bed-Stuy, Flatbush, yeah. and Brownsville. Yeah. All right, so they're, they're, uh, they're what they call, quote-unquote, inner-city neighborhoods. Black neighborhoods. Now, guess what? Yeah. You know, I'll be damned. You know, you know who they called when these people got shot? I'm going to say LeBron James. Nope. No, not LeBron. Uh, they called, um, uh, let me, uh, uh, oh, they, they made a, a long-distance collect call to Minneapolis and called Jacob Fry. <laughs> now, that's a great <laughs> guess. I love that. Well, Lisa Bender, how about that? Uh, of course, uh, they called the police. They called the yeah, police. Yeah, they called the police. And they said, please help us. People got shot over here. Please come quick. Yeah. We want to get the people who shot them. And we need help for the people who are sick on the floor who got shot, who are bleeding. Please, police, hurry up and help us. Did you see the video? This uh, Lisa Bender is on the city council in Minneapolis, yeah. in Minnesota. Let's get that you have that we have that yeah she's the one who's actually been talking about not defunding the police she wants to completely dismantle the police she's the one who's leading that charge along with keith ellison's son <laughs> and she was on cnn yesterday and, and that question was posed to her what if somebody breaks in my house in the middle of the night i couldn't believe her answer it, it, it was posed to her by uh, our former friend allison camarota yeah on CNN, and uh, here it is. Do you understand that the word dismantle or police-free also makes some people nervous? For instance, what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into? Who do I call? Yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors. And I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. Uh, what an idiot. A I place mean, really. of you think those people in Brownsville and Bed-Stuy that got shot come from a place of privilege? They call the police. Can you imagine 
Hey, three guys with guns just invaded my home. Quick, call the community organizers. Get them over here. Hurry up. Come on, get, get those community organizers. I'm going to die. No, it's, um, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Dermot Shea, by the way, just he summed it up nicely. Listen, he's the NYPD commissioner. Listen to him. When you talk about public safety, when you talk about communities, when you talk about going to community meetings, the usual thing I get hit at when I go to a community meeting is we want more cops. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Of course they want more cops. I mean, just anybody with a half or this is the most whack. This is the dumbest, most uh, lunatic uh, uh, proposition made since the Green New Deal. Uh, this is even worse than it that. It is worse. Yeah. But, By the way, Demache is still the NYPD commissioner, despite the uh, rampant rumors that were going around on Sunday night. But I do like a lot of the folks like Donald Trump Jr., who's yelling at the Democrats, who do want to defund police uh, when he says, OK, that's fine. Well, you may as well start with your security detail. Let's start there. Oh, oh, exactly right. But, of course, that's, that's not going to be the case. No. They know they have that security detail. Those people that were shot in uh, Bed-Stuy, Brownsville, Flatbush, they don't have it. They don't have a security you, detail? No. You, and nor, nor do you and I, by the way. We should. And then one last one here. Uh, I want to play this. Uh, Bill de Blasio talking about defunding the police. Now, he's not down with the, the police budget is $6 billion. $6 billion. And, of course, we just went through some riots. Uh, 300 cops were injured. The cops have been working uh, seven days a week straight. A lot of them, of course, overtime. I mean, and they want to cut the money from the police. They barely were able to contain what happened. They, they didn't even contain it here. Uh, maybe with some poor police work or some poor instructions from the part of the leaders. But anyway, this is what de Blasio said about cutting. Even uh, he wants to cut $150 million from the police budget. Listen to him. If we address the needs of young people... It actually makes the entire community safe. If we help keep young people away from negative influences, away from gangs, away from crime, it's best for the community and the police. So money for young people. Now, this uh, this uh, slob, this lazy slob, he squandered a billion dollars on the schools. Squandered it. The schools got worse. Squandered a billion dollars on the schools. And as you know, his wife squandered a full, fully a billion dollars on this Thrive program that's supposed to help, help mentally ill people on the streets. Did nothing. The streets got worse. The schools got worse. $2 billion right there. Why is this man still mayor? That's a very good question and one that Andrew Cuomo should answer. Maybe when he gets off the subway and takes his uh, fingers, by the way, off of those dirty poles, which I haven't touched once in three months, maybe he can answer that question for you. He was on the subway yesterday. Big day today. It's a Tuesday. That means it's a Bo Deedle Tuesday. Spoke to Bo last night. He is, he's so charged up about what's going on, Bernie. He's so upset and yeah. uh, really wanted to thank me and you last night for what we do every single day, coming in, exposing the truth. So he'll join us today. And Miranda Devine, the great columnist from the New York Post, she's, uh, she's always great and once again yesterday she was retweeting liking answering me on twitter beautiful so i've become one of her most favorite twitter followers and, and a, a, that's that, and that's a, a, a huge compliment yeah, to you I because know. she's a smart lady i know no respect she's all over fox news and uh in any case she has a great column out th- this morning about the uh, man child mayor of minneapolis uh, jacob fry who who looks I mean, he makes Justin Trudeau look like uh, John Wayne. He, he really does. It's unbelievable. He, he looks like one of these 19-year-old Brooklyn kids who you would see down exactly. by the Navy Yard. Yeah, it's weird. He, he really looks like that millennial. You just want to punch and, him across and, the and face. And he was so humiliated the other day. He said, oh, I'm, bizarre. I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm too you know, he's, he, again, these people humiliating themselves like Nancy Pelosi. We'll get into it later. Yeah, but he actually humiliated himself. And, that was fine because he's on our side on that fight. He doesn't, he doesn't well, want to defund the police. Well, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. Well, he said, I'm broken. I bow before you for forgiveness. 
And then when they said, well, how about defunding the police? He said, no. They said, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. You better move. You better get to stepping, son. Get him out. These people, Congress taking a knee yesterday, too. We'll get to all of that. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. A fun-loving Bernie and Sid on this Tuesday morning in New York City. It's nice to have you guys back. We'll be right back. Uh, One of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs ever off the great Born in the USA album. Yes, I did say album. Bobby Jean at 626 a.m. on your uh, Tuesday morning talking about Bruce Springsteen. And uh, New Jersey, their governor, Phil Murphy. And as it turns out, he's in the middle, right? It's like the kind of the Goldilocks, right? The three bears. It was too hot. It was too cold. It was just right. None of these mayors are just right. But I would say that uh, you go Ned Lamont is probably the least insane, into Phil Murphy, into New Jersey, into Andrew Cuomo here in New York. But uh, Murphy is uh, about set to open up the, uh, the pools in New Jersey, and being today is going to be uh, hovering around 90 degrees and sunny. And in fact, I saw a couple of um, towns in New Jersey that will eclipse 93 degrees today. It's a good day to open up the pools, I would say, right? I would say a great day. <laughs> and then also, given the fact that in addition to 93 today, tomorrow, same thing, plus humidity. Right. And then Friday hot as well. So I did read, I told you that uh, the weather company, whoever that is, I'm not sure who that is. It's not even on my phone. But uh, they did predict this will be the hottest August in 100 years. <laughs> so we uh, uh, need to open those pools. And uh, again. Uh, but not here in New York City. Well, they, again, I showed that picture of the subway this morning. I know you're seeing, as I am here around Penn Station, more construction workers. But the truth is, it's still pretty dead. And uh, we need to get back to work, open up everything, Every open the pools. Thing. Let's go. Let's stop this nonsense. Now we find out, like you just mentioned, asymptomatic may not at all get other people sick. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> what are we doing? Really? And then, and of course, there's been no spike since the protest started uh, almost two weeks ago. No spike. Everybody's standing uh, shoulder to shoulder. They're at memorials shoulder to shoulder. No spike. And no worries, by the way, in, in no. advance of those the gatherings. But uh, either way, no spike. Let's reopen. Hey, uh, baseball came out yesterday in their last-ditch effort to try to save the 2020 season and uh, try to get some games out there. There has been one last proposal, and it's really boring and uh, a, lot of, a lot of numbers. If you're not an accountant, you can't even figure it out. But just to give you a couple that you can figure out, players would receive 50% of their daily rate based on their full salary, 50%. There's millions and millions of dollars being made available to the players if, in fact, their team makes the playoffs, division series, championship series, and another $93 million if, in fact, their teams make the World Series. The commissioner has the right to put the games in any city he wants. doesn't have to be the whole, like the Yankees wouldn't play in the Bronx, for example, and the Mets wouldn't play in Queens. He can also stop the season at any point. If it turns out that guys are getting infected or there's an issue with COVID, they may come back and play 25 games and Rob Manfred can go, okay, that's it, we're done, because eight guys got sick on the Mets. But um, assuming none of these things happen, the proposal is a 76-game season which is a little less than half of the regular 162-game season. 76-game season, and the uh, season would start on July 10th and end on September the 27th. So you get baseball playoff games into the early part of November, something we've never seen. But that's, uh, that's a proposal, July 10th through September the 27th, a 76-game regular season, hey. and adding more teams to the playoffs instead of like six or eight, you get 12, I think. A very truncated. Yeah. Write that one down. 
truncated go with season. Tr- go with Trump-cated. <laughs> <laughs> no, Trump's baseball Trump bat. hatred and <laughs> truncated. I know, a very, yeah, shortened up baseball. Look, at least let's get something going. That would be great. Uh, July 10th would normally be uh, about when they would have the All-Star game. That's right. And uh, September would be about when the playoffs would be started. Uh, October, yeah. October. So, right. uh, yeah, let's get let's do it. Do something. Come on. It's a symbolism, uh, a semblancy of normalcy. Well, it's out there. So we'll Semblance see. The Players uh, Union has been very, very tough, those guys. We've heard from Blake Snell of the uh, Rays and Max Scherzer of the Nationals and Bryce Harper of the Phillies, as well as Scott Boris and Tony Clark. So we'll see if, in fact, this uh, last proposal, I think it's the last one. If this doesn't go, I would uh, say then, it's safe you know to what? say no baseball. Screw yeah, no, I know. That's a, by the way, that is uh, what most people are saying anyway. Screw baseball, and, and the, you know, even the, the the guys that really wanted baseball back about three weeks ago, they're like f them. You know, I mean, this is really getting ugly. And, and baseball, you know, look, they're, 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 of all the major sports, I would say they, they've been fading these last few years, right? No? Not financially, no. They're doing very, very well. They're doing oh, they? financially, no, yes. No, no, I mean as far as, uh, you know, popular appeal. Well, you know, here's the difference, Bernard. It's, it's, it's regional. It's, I know you're going to regional. Tell me. Right, yes, right. Yes, yes. So un- unlike the, um, the NFL, the NBA, that's, that's a national sport. You can yeah. watch the Lakers, Bucks in New York. And that's not good, though, that it's regional. I mean, they would rather be national like the NBA and uh, I mean, I football. I guess. I guess. Look. Again, they've never been more financially healthy than now. Between uh, gate, uh, uh, TV deals, almost every baseball team has its own local deal. Like the Mets have SNY. The Yankees have the Yes Network. Almost every team has that now. And internationally, baseball is doing very, very well. So I think they're okay being a regional sport. But that does that is the difference between, you know, you're not going to sit down, you and I, and watch a Padre Giant game. But we'll sit down at 4 o'clock and watch the Raiders play the Broncos. That's uh, the difference. Chris Mad Dog Russo would. He would. That's right. He's a diehard Very giant fan. Very good call. Very good call. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Bo Deedle in the 7 o'clock hour. And the very talented Miranda Devine in the 8 o'clock hour. Bernie and Sid rolls on on a Tuesday. This is not the point of sisters. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Is this? Matt, who is it? It's Bonnie Pointer. Is it Bonnie Pointer? That's what I'm trying to tell you, bro. Just Bonnie, okay. Not you, should be, you should be wearing a black armband. This is your stuff. Oh, I like this the, is your time period. I like when they do moan in this song. She goes, uh, uh. <laughs> Come on, this, this is, this is, uh, this, wavelengths. Is, this is after hours stuff, man. This is, uh, this is prime time stuff. This is Wavelengths on 3rd Avenue. This is Heat Wave, Sheepshead Bay, and Sheepshead Bay Road and East 16th Street. This is Xenon, Bedrocks, and the Underground. All of them. Been to them all. Well, Palladium. This is this is a big Palladium song. Rest in peace, Bonnie Pointer. Uh, I saw an interview. She died at sixty nine. Wow. Somebody uh, a couple of years ago. They said that they started out as a choir group, but they never uh, recorded or uh, published uh, a uh, a gospel song or anything like that. And she said, "No, we wanted to be nasty." Oh, nice. <laughs> good for her. Good for so that. anyway, that that's uh, the end of an era, right there. That was one of the good ones. One of the good old. The whole disco Numbers era. from the past. The whole disco era. Yeah. I, mean, I was watching something quickly before we get to your notes on, uh, on the Son of Sam. They're doing a whole thing this week on the ID channel on some of the most famous uh, serial killers. John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy. And uh, last night I was watching uh, Son of Sam, David Berkowitz. And he would, uh, you know, walk up to these cars where young teenagers, men and you know, uh, boys and girls would be making out. And he'd just whip out his forty four Magnum caliber gun and shoot them. And a lot of these like shootings took place outside of discotheques in Queens and Brooklyn. And my, my son Gabe is like, what is a discotheque? <laughs> right. And I said, just, just uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you about it. Just know that daddy went to a lot of those places a lot of the time. But that, that whole era that is That would gone. be like, uh, you know, 
your parents explaining to you what a speakeasy is. Yeah, basically. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, yes, the, uh, the police actually arrested somebody who was uh, vandalizing St. Patrick's Cathedral. They arrested that person. And uh, now, and, and, and but I'll tell you, that I'll finish the story on that in a minute. But now they have a, put out a picture of two other people who were suspected of, you know, vandalizing graffiti, putting graffiti on St. Patrick's Cathedral, which is, you know, it's a very vaunted, uh, uh, sacred place in the Catholic community, of course. But uh, for some reason, Manhattan, D, they, the person was charged by the police with criminal mischief. But Manhattan DA Cyrus Van says... I ain't going to prosecute this person. I ain't going to prosecute. Now, look, let's say it was the Temple Emmanuel, right? Let's say it was a mosque and somebody was arrested doing that. They wouldn't be charged just with criminal mischief. They'd be charged with a hate crime. Well, I disagree on the Temple because uh, the Jews get treated about as shabbily as anybody else. And we've had instances of people doing that to temples and Saibans did nothing. So maybe a mosque, yes. Maybe for the quote-unquote you know, Muslim population that is treated so badly by us. That may be the case. But the Jews ain't catching a break from side vans either. Trust uh, me. Well, uh, listen, uh, you may be right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not so sure. But either way, uh, the Catholics are fair game, man. You can go right after them. And the police put out a picture, again, a picture of two more. I mean, what's the point if you got a creep like a, side van, a corrupt creep who wouldn't prosecute Harvey Weinstein, by the way, and got away with that old uh, bit of corruption? Uh, I mean, what's the point of putting out a picture of these people? Anyway, it's just... It's sick and getting sicker, people, just like Bob Grant used to say. And speaking of sick, uh, this old man, uh, Joe Biden, they're going to have the funeral today for uh, George Floyd down in Houston. No, it was yesterday, I thought. Uh, no, today. Ask clown Al Sharpton today will give the eulogy at the funeral. Joe Biden met with the family yesterday. I thought there were thousands and thousands of people in Houston yesterday. There was some sort of memorial, perhaps. Okay, but maybe not the funeral. Right. Yeah. But, and Joe Biden was there, and I'm sure the family was uh, just thrilled to have this idiot walk in with his aviator glasses. <laughs> and, yo, Joe Biden, no, he's probably shaking hands with all the black, every black person. No, 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 Joe, the family. The family, this is the family. Uh, anyway, he said this about this, uh, this stupid, idiotic, worse than the Green New Deal, banning cars and airplanes, a defund the police movement. This is how Joe Biden uh, stumbled around yesterday on CBS News trying to explain his position. Take a listen. No, I don't support defunding the police. I support conditioning federal aid to police based on whether or not they meet certain basic standards of decency and honorableness and, in fact, are able to demonstrate they can protect the community and everybody in the community. Uh, what? On, on, honorableness? I just I was happy he said uh, that uh, he's on to defunding the police, but that's a word I've never heard before, honorableness. No, because it's not a word. Oh, okay. No, no. And uh, speaking, of, uh, <laughs> speaking of defunding the popo, uh, this uh, AG, Keith Ellison. Now, just listen to this Joe Biden cave to everything that uh, the left wanted, everything. The Green New Deal, AOC is one of his surrogates. She's all down with defunding the police, all down with it. So you know he's going to cave to it at some point. He's got to. Now, this is, a, this is going to be the latest litmus test. But this is what the, the attorney general of the state of uh, Minnesota said. This is what he said yesterday. We send out people with guns and, and they are there to use deadly force no matter what the problem may be. If the problem is sexual assault, we send somebody with a gun. If the problem is domestic violence, we send somebody with a gun. If the problem is somebody in a mental health crisis, we send somebody with a gun. Yeah. 
That's right. Because <laughs> what, are you, what are you supposed to do? You want to you have those people be in a position of authority. Again, I said it earlier. What are you going to do? My, 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 look, there's three guys in my kitchen with guns. Please, quick, call the community organizers. I need help. Yeah. Let's talk love. Let's I mean, yeah, sit them down they, they and tell send, them we love them. Send psychologists when they get calls for emotionally, EDPs as they call them, emotionally disturbed persons, which often escalates into a violent situation more times than not. They want to send psych... I mean, the whole thing is nuts. You know, they're doing more to help re-elect Trump than they... Than, than the Green New Deal was doing. It's funny you say that. Uh, Michael Rappaport, who may hate Trump more than anybody, the, uh, the famous actor, hates Trump and, and spends his days on Instagram. Well, by the way, he gets hundreds of thousands of likes and people love it. He actually did a video yesterday where he said, you are literally putting this man back in office. Stop the defunding police stuff. <laughs> I swear to God, Michael Rappaport just That's yesterday, funny. you are literally putting this of man course. back in I mean, office. Yeah, Cut I mean, it out. I mean, it's just, and, 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 and these cowardly leaders don't have the courage to state the obvious, which is that. Yeah. Because they're, they're so, their pandering is off the charts. And speaking of which. But I'll tell you, the police are getting pissed off. I mean, Bernie Kerrick made the point yesterday, the former New York police commissioner, that uh, upwards of 600 cops at this point, are thinking about resigning because oh, yeah. they've just had enough of the brass not having their back. Oh, absolutely. And now they're hearing about defunding from this idiotic mayor. They want to quit. If they can get early retirement, I mean, a lot of them are stuck. Let's say you have, let's say you have 13 years on the job. Uh, you can retire after 22. What do you do? You got another... Uh, Nine years. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? You can't it's, waste it's 13 tough. years. You don't want... Right. You don't want to squander that. You want the pension, which is what, they ha- which is what the appeal is because the pay sucks is the pension and the health care benefits that you get upon retirement. Uh, but, yes, uh, speaking of which, uh, Dermot Shea, the head of the NYPD, you were talking about this. He says uh, there were rumors flying around all over the place that he was going. This is what he said about that. I think we, we have a great relationship. <laughs> we, we are uh, two lifelong New Yorkers. We Like any good New Yorkers, we have some differing opinions at times, but we all want the same thing. And, uh, you know, we're working solidly together. To, to take New York City out of this as quickly, as quickly as possible. He is a Red Sox fan. That's my biggest gripe. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Bill, Bill de Blasio. Well, it's yeah. a lie. Well, he's lying. I mean, I can tell you for a fact that him and Monaghan, this is a fact. They may not be resigning uh, today or tomorrow, but it's a lie. I'm telling you for a fact that him and Monaghan basically both told de Blasio to go F himself on Sunday night. You That's could, a fact. I, I would bet money on that. And, and, and the fact that they don't get along at all. And this whole, hey, he's a Red Sox fan, it's a lot of crap. A lot of crap. And again, the governor yesterday, by the way, uh, criticized the NYPD again. This schmuck sitting there with his little tan. And Fredo, that idiot, uh, showing his, his butt on uh, TV. I mean, give me a break. I, the whole thing, everything sucks. But look, what's the matter with both of you idiots? You got poor Mario. He's got to be spinning in his grave with you two embarrassments. And then, uh, speaking of embarrassing, Nancy Pelosi, schmuck Schumer, Adam Bullshift and uh, Fat Jerry Nadler and uh, the rest of these clowns down in, in Washington, D.C., they actually put on these, these sort of these African scarves, or these like, these, like the, what the Palestinian Liberation Organization would wear. They're actually, they're called kente cloth scarves. And the people who make them uh, weren't happy that they used them in a photo op. But Nancy Pelosi led all the rest of those clowns in a kneeling ceremony, yeah, yeah. In, in an exercise of self-humiliation, I'll listen to her talk, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. We are here to honor George Floyd. For those who wish to, we will now kneel for our moment of silence. 
and they kneeled. They knelt for as, lo- as long as the, yeah. Like, uh, for, uh, Pelosi had to be helped up. Did you see that? I, and I, I, there's no way she could kneel for seven she, minutes and forty six seconds and get back up. She had to be. I'm helped sure up. She had to be uh, literally. Some poor guy exerted himself, pulling her up off the floor, and the, the slob of Nadler, he didn't even bother. Uh, somebody should have put down maybe a bag of cookies on the floor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he might, have, uh, he might have went for it or something like that. <laughs> but look, this, this exercise in uh, self-humiliation is uh, it's, it's gross. It's so embarrassing. It's gross. You, you actually, there was video, I couldn't believe it. I saw it on Facebook first. You have white people washing black people's feet. You think... Black people, what do you think? They're going to laugh at you. Of course. Are you no, kidding me? No. You got it. Somebody, like, like I tweeted yesterday, the easiest way to get punched in the face today, dot, 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 is to ask me to kneel. I will punch you across the face. <laughs> and I'll tell you something else. <laughs> Listen, there have been some great men and women that have passed away over the years. Great men and women. And maybe not murdered tragically like uh, George Floyd, God rest his soul. But they didn't receive the, the, the amount of love and the... I mean, this guy's got a funeral in a different town every single day. I, I hate to say it because, again, I know he died an innocent man and, and he should, you know, have, have a nice place in heaven. I'm getting nauseous over the George Floyd uh, funerals and the love and the signs. Uh, I'll say it uh, again. Listen. This guy put a gun in a pregnant woman's stomach. I know it was 13 years ago and I'm no angel either. Now, stop comparing me to George Floyd. Doing cocaine and betting on football games, I never put a gun in a pregnant woman's stomach, okay? The fact that this guy has a funeral every single day, it's starting to get nauseating. It's enough well, already. Today will be the uh, the last ceremony. Well, good. It's enough. It's going to be a funeral. I'm sure God. there'll be more memorials and people marching in the streets. But how about some memorials for David Dorn? Huh? How about that poor guy who was killed and actually arrested Somebody and all these looters, uh, these 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 rioters and these looters. We saw pictures of them. I mean, they're not helping things. People are going to look at those pictures and form formulate opinions. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> bro. Mother Teresa had one funeral. <laughs> one, right? Yeah. One. George Floyd's had like six. And somebody out there going to explain? You got to tell me that he's a better. He was a better person. Again, innocent. I'm tired of. of pre- well, it's enough. It's enough. He's dead. The cop okay. is going well, to jail. Have, have Let's patience. move on. Have patience. Uh, I'm not, it's been two weeks already. Uh, today, the guy, he's having a funeral today. Take it easy. It's like a seventh Just, one. Listen, one more. There's uh, this one guy, this <laughs> genius. He's actually being interviewed live on Fox News. Fox News. He's got a mask on. He's Black Lives Matter. And, uh, well, he said stuff. Uh, he was really not too bright. Take a listen. I'm a leader of this FTP movement. It means a lot of things. Stop it. it. Stop the, the tape. Stop the tape. FTP. What does that stand for? That means F the police. <laughs> I'm a leader of this FTP. And they, they give it other names. Peaceful, so it, but they're peaceful, right? They're good people. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. F, I'm the leader of this FTP, so we're going to play it again and listen to what he says. I'm a leader of this FTP movement. It means a lot of things. It can mean free the people. It can mean for the people. It could also mean fire to property. We're hoping de Blasio and Cuomo come out and talk to us and give the youth some direction. But if they don't, the next stop is the Diamond District. And gasoline, thanks to Trump, is awfully cheap. So he threatened to burn down the Diamond District. So guess what? He's in custody. The police went and got him. Good. <clears throat> and they're talking to him. So far, no charges yet. But uh, that was a terroristic threat of made on live TV. Uh, Cyrus Vance, you got to charge that guy. You got to. You got and you got to. And by the way, if you're a cop, you got to beat him with a with a, just a, to take the risk. It's fine. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 on the Bernie and Sitch. If you're trying to contain spread, it's the asymptomatic people who don't have symptoms that are your real threat. I'm asymptomatic. Mm. I go to a big venue. I distribute the virus to other people. Getting
state of Mississippi. Papa was a copper and a mama was a hippie. In Alabama, she was swinging a hammer. Price you gotta pay when you pick the panorama. Back here in the Bernie and Sid show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. That was uh, a guy named Zeke Emanuel. He's the, uh, the former Chicago mayor and uh, Clinton chief of staff, Bill Clinton chief of staff, uh, Rahm Emanuel's brother. He's not even a doctor, but that was him on MSNBC scaring the hell out of you. Asymptomatic spread. You may be healthy, but you might be spreading the disease. Of course, uh, the WHO came out yesterday and they said incidents of uh, this uh, so-called asymptomatic spread is very rare. Very rare. Fake. Very rare. I tell you, it ain't easy. Fake, go ahead, say it. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news, indeed. That, and so they scared the hell out of you. They got what they wanted. This extended lockdown, slowing as much as they can this economy down, which is what they wanted all along. And now that it's, it's you know, the, the, the jig is up. Look, the protests, the pandemic has been exposed by the protests and the riots. Uh, nobody's social distancing. Nobody cares. There's no spike since the protest. Nothing. States that have reopened, uh, which people said, you're opening too early. They're doing just fine. The uh, scam has been exposed, and it's all over, folks. Time to reopen. Right here on the Bernie and Sid I agree. Uh, walking down Broadway yesterday, more and more people, Bernard, uh, uptown, Broadway, Upper West Side, no masks. And, uh, you know, basically bumping into each other on the street. Yeah. My subway was dead this morning, but the foot traffic yesterday afternoon about 1 o'clock on around 96 and Broadway was uh, reminded me of February. It was that, it was that uh, heavy. Great. They're I, out. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Now, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Now, I ain't saying she a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke, broke. All right, this is, uh, you would never hear me come back with Kanye West, but uh, he is in the news today, 707 on your sunny, beautiful Tuesday morning in New York City. Bo Dieter will stop by this hour, Miranda Devine, the great New York Post columnist, next hour. So here is the, uh, the Kanye West story, I'm sure you know it already been on, but the other uh, listeners out there may not, and it's not a good one. Uh, Kanye West was a... Is It says was for some reason. Kanye West was a vocal supporter of President Trump, but now he is a major supporter of Black Lives Matter. And some people on the inside are wondering whether or not his wife, Kim Kardashian, is the catalyst behind this. Now, she has come out, Kim Kardashian, and she has said not true. She promptly... Um, she added that uh, Kanye fully made the decision to donate and peacefully protest in Chicago on his own accord. Now, just so you know here, Kanye West, not only a BLM supporter, he's taken it a step further. He's created a college fund for George Floyd's daughter, Gianna, donating $2 million to Black Lives Matter organizations. And he marched with these um, protesters in his hometown of Chicago. So I would ask you, Bernard, you love this guy, Trump guy, love his skull digger. What, uh, what's going on with Kanye West? Well, first of all, the two are not, the, you can support Trump and you can support Black Lives Matter. The you two, can? if you're a black man, it's not, the two are not mutually exclusive. He doesn't Ooh. have to embrace every tenet of the BLM movement. Now, I don't know where his head is at. His head is all over the place. You know, Kanye West. I would say this, Floyd Money Mayweather is paying for the funeral down in Houston, George Floyd's funeral. Yeah. He's a Trump guy, too. He's paying for the funeral. Are you sure he's a Trump guy? I'm positive he's a Trump guy. 
Yeah, I'm not. Not, not with Mayweather. I, I am with Kanye West. Well, I'm not is. sure about Floyd. I don't see how you can be both. I, I can't see how you can support Listen, Trump and be you, okay with BLM. You look, you, you, you watch uh, fake news. You're a black man. You've been... Uh, You've been look. Black men do get uh, jostled and uh, uh, you know stopped by police a lot more than white men. Oh, yeah, they do up for a long time, and, sure. and, they, and and understandably they're upset about it. They when you if you explain it to them, if if you know the reasons for it, which is to save your grandma, to save your sister, your little whatever it is, your mom's all of that stuff. It, it can be explained away, but it's a tough sell, obviously. So, and you see what happened to George Floyd, which was terrible, 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 terrible. You add the two together, so they, 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 they're like, look, you know, they, they have that, that perception. And that's what we need to do is to quell, uh, to, to, to quell that perception that the police are the enemy of young black men. Because that's what happens when, when you do this type of good policing, which resulted, by the way, in uh, thousands of murders uh, declined in New York City over yeah, 20 years. of course, of course. So if you explain it in such a way, uh, I think people will, more people would understand. So, but it doesn't make, but, it's, it's not incompatible for uh, Kanye West to be angry over the death of uh, George Floyd and to march with Black Lives Matter in Chicago, and still support the president. The yeah. president did criminal justice reform. No, listen, he condemned the George I, Floyd I, I, murder I right out of that. the box. I got all that, but Black Lives Matter is a hateful group. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. You can't march with a bunch of people that say, we want dead well, cops listen, now. We want pigs in a blanket. I, I, so look, you can explain away all you want, but the person has to be willing to listen. And the folks on that side are not willing to listen. They don't care about your statistics. They don't care about your explanations. Uh, you're not a black man. You haven't walked down the street and been stopped just because you're black. They don't want to hear it. So when a guy like Kanye West... This, who's what, on the, this is what I just said. I know, but... When, when we got to no, quell that, that misperception you said that the you police to, are the enemy, right. even though what they're doing, it hurts. It hurts. But you said you have to explain it to people. They're not going to listen, Bernard. They don't want to listen. They don't care about the truth. No, I, I understand what the... I understand the, the obstacles, the hurdles that right, are so, involved. So, so if you've got a guy like Kanye West... Who knows better? He's not one of these guys he, he, that doesn't watch TV. He knows better. He knows what the, what the Black Lives Matter have said in the past. You can't march with these people. You just can't do it. So you, you, you can be upset. I'm upset about George Floyd's death. I think it's terrible. I was upset about it, oh, I don't know, two weeks ago. I'm not marching with Black Lives Matter. So, uh, so what are you angry about? Let me ask I'm you angry that, right that Kanye West, who, who you would think uh, is a guy that you know, was on the right side of so many things, woke up one morning and said, yeah, but I'm still black, so I'm going to march with these guys, even though they're a hateful group. Okay. And, and I'm, right. dis well, then, and I'm, I'm disappointed in Kanye West. Don't buy his records. I never bought him before anyway. Okay, good. Then we're all good. <laughs> we're all straight. Now, the Drew Brees thing isn't over yet either. Uh, you talked about this a couple of days that, uh, you know, he has to keep doing stuff. Maybe he has to kneel. Oh, and it's humiliating. He's going to be, he's going to lay prostrate on the floor. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to do gonna that. He's going to be licking uh, <laughs> Floyd Jenkins' ass. Malcolm just, Jenkins, yeah. Whatever the hell I, I don't think is. he's going to do just, any of that. I think he's still going to stand. I think he's still going to put his hand over his heart. But, by the but way, it doesn't matter. Well, what about what, what Goodell said? Goodell is basically uh, signaling to the NFL, a total flip-flop, that, yeah, it's okay to kneel. Yeah, but he's not encouraging people to kneel. He said yeah, it's okay yeah. to kneel. I don't think Drew Brees will kneel, but but not everybody across the National Football League is buying his uh, apology, just like we're not. I mean, I savaged Drew Brees all weekend on Twitter, called him a coward, and I stand by that. Yes, I stand by with that. Drew Brees, if he did take a knee, unlike Nancy Pelosi, he wouldn't have to help him up. <laughs> that, that's true. So there's one member of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a big-time defensive lineman, and his name is Malik Jackson. And he did an interview, I guess, yesterday, maybe the day before, and uh, he said that Drew Brees' apology was insincere, 
that he didn't mean it, that he basically did it because he was forced to do it. <laughs> and he's right. And uh, the Eagles play the Saints on December the 13th. And quote Malik Jackson, I am gunning for ah. Drew Brees. <laughs> ah. I, I, what did I say? I've been saying it for the, everybody's been saying it. Everybody with half a brain will tell you, you can never appease the mob. You can never, never. You try to please everybody, you please nobody. But I agree with Malik Jackson. I thought his apology, I know it was. I know for a fact course he was, was pressured I by mean, the look, Saints and his teammates. How, I, he said what he said initially about the flag and the national anthem and his grandfather's with such resolve. There's no way he changed his mind overnight. In it was one day. All, all because of the mob, the bullying from the mob, and maybe financial uh, pressure as yeah, well. Of course, of course. But, he, he, you know, his dignity should be worth more. I mean, again, for a guy that has more money that, that it could last him uh, 40 lifetimes, yeah. he should have said, screw you, and stuck to his principles. No, I agree. But you he, know, he, you know, the courage of your convictions. But like he, Grandpa. He loves to play football, too, above and beyond the money. And his team, his owner told him, you can't go into this locker room with a bunch of guys that do believe in this and just spit on him, basically. So above and beyond the money, he wants to play football, and they made it sound to him, the Saint organization, like it would be impossible for him to go about his daily business. I mean, don't forget, guys, we see football games on Sundays, right? That's not the whole week for football players. They actually live together Monday through Friday, and they practice, and they watch film, and they eat together. There's a whole football life that we don't see except for Sunday afternoon for three hours. So you're not allowed to have an opinion? No, you're not. An honest opinion in the NFL? Nope. nope. And Malik wow. Jackson says, I'm coming after you. I know you're full of it. I'm coming after you, and white you know boy. He, he should say, bring it, bitch. He should. You know, show some onions and say, bring it, you cowardly bitch. I will knock your ass out when I see you. Take that helmet off and let's go at it. Let's go toe-to-toe. And if the guy's, uh, I don't know how big he is. Maybe he's, big. he's, he's twice as big as Drew Brees. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a defensive well, you lineman. You know what? Have a wrench in your back pocket. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Have take, a knife. Take him out. Yeah. So look forward to that, folks. Coming up December 13th, the Eagles versus the Saints. If, in fact, we've got football and all signs point to, we will have football. Grab uh, one or two quick calls. Paul Deedle coming up at 740. Bill is in New Jersey. He's on line one. Good morning, Bill. Thank you guys for being on the air. I made this mistake again to, to turn on the TV, channel 24711, and the station out here in uh, 12 in New Jersey. They all stink. I turn you guys on to get the truth. Um, you know, the Thank liberals, uh, Chuck E. Cheesecake, the Putt Schumer, they're all uh, pathetic, uh, overdramatic people. Oh, I am so sorry. This yeah. is awful. You know, they want to defund the, the N, N, uh, NYPD. That's the kiss of death for New York City. And what about where are the funerals and the uh, memories for the, the, for the guys who died in Benghazi? What about their families? That's all forgotten. Uh, not, not just them, Bill. Again, as I stated earlier, there are so many good people. You know, you would think, honestly, uh, that George Floyd was moments away from finding the cure for cancer. I mean, he died in tragic fashion. We get it. It's enough. Really, it's enough. And David Dorn. David Dorn. Listen, where's the memorials for him? Right. Or the, or the uh, federal officer. The, he was black as well. Killed in Oakland, California. Killed. Shot by the mob uh, on the street. I mean, where are the memorials? Where's, where's the, uh, the, the news reports for him? Where's Schmuck Schumer taking a knee for this poor guy? What about the doctors that died from the coronavirus that were there every single day helping out patients? They don't deserve more funerals than George Floyd? 
I mean, it's really become nauseating. That's my opinion. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Bo Deedle coming up in 20 minutes. He's always fantastic. And New York Post columnist Miranda Devine in the 8 o'clock hour. Bernie and Sid on a Tuesday. Be mine on fire. Me soul on fire. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Hot, hot, hot. Today and tomorrow, hot, 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 folks. Uh, I don't know. I love it. I enjoy it. It's great. Tomorrow's going to be even humid. Going to really feel like summer. That's great. Uh, look, uh, we were talking earlier about this embarrassing spectacle of these uh, old farts in, in, in Congress. And uh, they're trying to knee, half of them falling over, uh, having to be helped up <laughs> after they got done kneeling. And uh, the slob Jerry Nadler, he didn't even bother. Uh, also, Mitt Romney, he marched with uh, Black Lives Matter. We were just talking about Kanye, but not, Mitt Romney. Oh, good Lord. This, this is what he said when he was interviewed while marching with Black Lives Matter. A way to end violence and brutality and to make sure that people understand that Black Lives Matter. <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Did, did anybody ever think Black Lives If you did, you were a, a racist, a lowlife if you thought Black Lives did not matter. And these people, these, these cowards, all of them, Pelosi, uh, Biden, Romney, Schumer, Schmuck Schumer, the rest of them, you know, with this, all this emasculation and this appeasement and all oh, so with black, they've been in office forever. All of them been in office forever and ever and ever. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, uh, she did her press conference. She does a great job. Somebody asked her about Mitt Romney and, uh, well, take a listen. Yeah, Mitt Romney um, can say three words outside on Pennsylvania Avenue, um, but I would note this, that President Trump won 8% of the black vote. Mitt Romney won 2%. And then, of course, uh, he was the first president to take on and, and do the criminal justice reform, lowest black unemployment. I mean, actually did things, unlike Obama, Romney, and the rest of these people, and Pelosi, when she, whatever she does as Speaker of the House. Uh, economic opportunity zones, HBCUs. He's he's done everything. Historically black colleges, and he was he was right out of the box. He was horrified and, and saddened by the death of George Floyd. Immediately instituted a uh, an investigation from the FBI and the DOJ. Right away, did all the right things. This groveling is just cringeworthy. Let us take a phone call here. Uh, Rory is in Pennsylvania. Good morning, Rory. Hey, good morning, fellas. I just want to let you know you got a great show. I listen to you every morning. I drive a tractor trailer. My man, thank you. Thanks for that. Hey, I want you guys to start a movement. Let's boycott this NFL. That's what we're going to do. I'm not watching any more NFL. I did it before. I'll do it again. Yeah, no, listen, like as as Bill O'Reilly just said, uh, this is going to make the Colin Kaepernick thing look, uh, you know, small and quaint in comparison because now you're going to, the pressure is on. After what they did to Drew Brees, the pressure is on every all these players, all these, especially these white players. They're going to have to join in, or else you are racist. Well, um, they're going to join in because uh, at the end of the day, they're not making six, seven, eight million dollars any place else, and there's not a lot of folks out there that place integrity above their paycheck. I think it's not as big a deal as Bill made it sound like this morning, although he made it sound very, very exciting. Look. <laughs> A lot of columns yesterday. Who's got more pressure this year? Jet third-year quarterback Sam Donald or giant second-year quarterback Daniel Jones? And that was retweeted retweeted about two million times. So the idea that Americans now are not going to watch football and all that, we've we've been over this a million times. Whether it's Colin Kaepernick, Ray Rice knocking out his girlfriend in an elevator, it doesn't matter. Donald Trump yelling and screaming that NFL players are scumbags. It doesn't matter. 
People are going to watch the National Football League. They can't wait for football to start. So that guy can start whatever he wants to start. And I've been down on the NFL. I've even admitted on Twitter I'm having a hard time getting enthused about sports again. But people will watch the NFL, and they'll watch it in huge numbers. I am totally down with Rory. Let's boycott these uh, cowards, and uh, let's not watch. Bo Deedle. Speaking of somebody who's not a coward, he's coming up next. Anyway, let's, let's get right to him. Every Tuesday morning, he's on. He's great. He's been coming on quite a bit lately with all the news and the cops and all the crime in this city, and he does a fantastic job every time he's on. He's a hero, great actor, cop, our dear friend, Bo Deedle. Good morning, Bo. Welcome back, pal. Good morning, and a big shout-out to Harvey. What his Thank eyes you. Have seen, what his eyes have seen and what's happening in our country today he must really be thinking about where are we going, what direction we're going. And uh, You're right about that, and he's very worried. My son Gabriel, Bo, who you know very well, he's only 11 yeah. years old, and my dad has said, I'm very worried about the future for my grandchildren. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you the truth. Every night, every night, I have reoccurring dreams. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. And, me, and when I watch what's going on, you know, let, let, let's get very serious about what the problem is. The problem is not systemic cops killing blacks. And that's a load of bull crap. I tried to get on Oprah Winfrey's uh, speak out there, but it was all <laughs> only invited. It was only invited guests that have the same thing to say. No one wants to tell the truth. And remember what happened to, what was that sheriff's, sheriff's name from? Uh, David Clark. David Clark David from Clark. Wisconsin, yes. He disappeared because he chopped up Don Lemon in 2016 like I've never seen. And he, Don Lemon will say, look, at, I'm going to take you off my show. I'm going to take Because he was given the fact. He says, why aren't people talking? Because after the uh, Ferguson effect, the Ferguson effect was in St. Louis over there when the cop uh, uh, shot Brown that was trying to kill him, and it was a justifiable shooting, and the cop ended up leaving the police department. I don't know, he might be in a psycho ward somewhere, but he his whole life was ruined, mm-hmm. and they started the demonstration there. Now, prior to that, prior to that, for the last 15 years prior, the murders on black-on-black crime that are up near 7,500 to 8,000 murder black men killing black men in the community those murders were on a downward trend after the ferguson effect and i call it the ferguson effect was when we had president obama here and we'd be highlighting every one of the incidents with cops it would be on videos then all of a sudden the murders ramped up right now the murders in our african-american communities by in the big cities by African-Americans killing other African-Americans are between 7,500 and 8,000. That should be something we should be peacefully protesting. And you want to know something? Now the cops, what they want to do, they want to take their life and soul and blood out of them. And that's why they're not searching people on the streets, taking guns off the street the way they used to, because everything has changed. Now the cops say, you know what, why am I going to get involved? I'll just drive around, and I'll look at the wind, and I'll wave, and I'm not going to go out of my car, because if I go out of my car, I'm going to get blamed for harassing that young gang member. Another one of the young gang members is going to videotape me when I'm saying, hey, what is that bulge in your pocket there? It looks like a gun to me. You don't have no right to put your hand on and it's going to keep increasing. And murders in our community. Now, the murders are in our black communities. Why isn't there an outrage? Why isn't anyone 
speaking out. They had a guy, one of the heads of the Civil Rights League, uh, the American Civil Rights League on, on TV yesterday. And, of course, he was on Fox because they wouldn't run him on any other of these channels because it doesn't coincide with the agenda. And he was on there, and he was bringing up these numbers, and he was saying, why aren't people speaking out? Yes, we have a systemic problem. Black killing black. That's the systemic problem. When you have nine unarmed with 10 million arrests, nine unarmed blacks, you have 19 whites. These are such minute numbers. When you talk about interactions of tens of millions of interactions, 10 million arrests, over 10 million arrests, and you have these small little things like this, that's crap. And everyone's highlighted. Let's talk about 8,000 people murdered every year. There's over 16,000 Americans uh, murdered a year. Approximately 16,000 murders. Of that, half of them are black Americans. But the black Americans are only 13% of our population. But yet 50% of the murders of 16,000 ain't that. I challenge anybody. They won't put me on. You got yesterday, I watched that Pelosi and they are with uh, Pelosi and the other little Schmuck Schumer, Nadler, and uh, the rest Nadler of the shift. Nadler couldn't take a knee because he was so friggin' fat. <laughs> no, he didn't even all, bother. And they're all there and they're, they're, they're placating to the nonsense. They're all wearing African garb. I mean, whatever you want them to do, if you tell them this, that. Now, I just heard on your own radio station somebody from Condonaz, an editor, 16 years ago, had blackface on or something. He had to resign. Because they found a picture. They found this. They found that. When are we going to stop? We're Listen, all Americans. Let, 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 me re- let, me, let me reset it. We're talking to Bo Deedle, hero cop and uh, famous actor. And uh, Bo, you're right. Uh, for example, last night in Brooklyn, you had seven people shot in what they would call inner city hoods. Bed-Stuy, Brownsville, Flatbush Avenue. And guess who they call? They call the police. No, and, why did they call Al Sharpton? Yeah, right. No, what? Why is not, why are people, my friends, my intelligent friends who are black, I can't, I can talk to them and we can sit, I'll sit on any TV panel anytime and I'll redirect these numbers I'm giving you and I want to find out, well, what is the reasoning why you don't want to bring this to light? This is the dirty little secret and all they want to do is change and when it really really started this whole thing was when that little punk mayor there, that little punk there in uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Jacob Fry. When he let these creeps, these violent thug criminals, take over the station house and burn it down, and he tell the cops to run out the back door. That was the beginning. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all the little other criminals, I'm not calling them protesters, I'm calling them criminal thugs that are out there. These are the criminal elements saw this, and they go, wow. I'm surprised we haven't done an attack on one of the precincts in New York. And I'm going to tell you right now, his crime is going to spike. And it's going to spike in the areas that people need the police the most, in our, in our minority communities. Yes, can we do things? I'd love to be constructive with it. Like I said, I talked to you guys yesterday. When I ran for mayor, part of my thing was to use retired cops with the with the uh, with the child welfare when they were investigating child abuse cases because the workers were afraid to go into the housing project. Then I said again in our schools instead of teaching our kids uh, when you see a cop run the other way like this moron mayor with his wife that took a billion dollars 
What are you doing with that billion dollars there, Charlene? And then on top of it, you saw what happened with their poor daughter, and we don't wish that on anybody. And they have a problem with their daughter, and there's a picture floating around that I feel horrible about what's happened to the daughter because the daughter did what she wants because she has two morons as parents, de Blasio and his wife, another moron, and she's free to do anything she wants to do. And you know what? The, the, the chickens come home to roost. That's all. I will leave it there. He said he was proud of what she did. Yeah, he was very proud and uh, way to go. You know, Bo, there is a uh, Bernie Carrick was saying yesterday, I know you're you're tight with Bernie, that based on, on, I called you Sunday night, I heard this rumor that uh, Dermot Shea was going to resign and Monaghan was going to resign and they were ready to put in people like Ben Tucker and Rodney Harrison, Juanita Holmes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 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 What's his name? Dermot Shea has denied that. I I, I think he's lying. I I think there was a fight between him and the mayor and and, uh, Monaghan, the mayor, on Sunday night. But regardless, Kerrick says as many as up to 600 police are are ready to resign. Can you confirm that? Well, I, I heard the same thing, and that's just one of the things I'm doing as a private security company. Um, I may be going to bring Bernie on into my company. I'm going to ask him this. Oh, wow. He'd like to come on. And wow. I'd like to start hiring some of these retired people because I'm now in a lot of luxury buildings, and a lot of people are scared stiff. And what we might do is have our own cops that can be doormen, but they'll be armed in some of these luxury buildings and some of these corporations because this is only going to get worse. And again, let's go back to how we can help black and minority communities. Again, it's education with these kids where they don't highlight these rapping bums, these drug dealing bum rappers. And that they don't look at that. Let's look at reality. Let's look at what you could do. And when you see a cop, he's a human being. And that interaction, again, I keep saying, we can have the cops do more community relations. I'm for that 100%. So every time you see a cop, it's not where he's going to tell you, get off the corner. He's going to be, hey, Tommy, the cop over there was telling me, he could help me out get a job. Let people believe they can do anything they want to do. And if they have people that are good mentors, they can tell them. But when you got these scumbag uh, race baiters like 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 Sharpton, when they, they when they stir everything up, these kids feel like they have nowhere to go. They're going to be that that the crime is a way to get out uh, to make money. No, they have to be taught. And this was going in the right way until this whole Ferguson effect, until they allowed until they allowed these race baiters to stir up the fire, stalk the fire. And right now the fires are, they don't even know what they want next. No one knows what they want next. No. And when, they, when you see the protesters, you have these idiot white jerks there that are marching around in circles. Do they actually know the numbers? Do they actually know the real problem, the systemic problem of black-on-black crime? I challenge anybody. I challenge this mayor and this governor. I'll have a sit-down, televise it. I'll ask the numbers and let you let them tell me any different. I'll go on with Gail King and, and Oprah Winfrey. I'll go on with anybody because my eyes have seen the dead black kids that I picked up. The 10 dead in 1984 were shot in the head. I've seen it. And when you want to start telling me about systemic cop violence, you got a few bad apples, a few guys that are jerks, shouldn't be on a force. We gut them out. We get rid of them. 99% of the cops are out there just trying to help people do their job. And now they're taking their heart and soul out of them. And it hurts me so bad that the communities 
really, really are going to be underserved because they're not going to do their job. And then when you get Dermot Che there and saying, oh, yeah, we're going to read the Yes, we can redirect money. You don't cut. You redirect it. Like I said, cops make garbage money. Let them have the opportunity to make overtime and pay them overtime to work with the kids in the community. These are the answers, but nobody wants to no, talk about it. All they want to do is rip the gut, heart, and soul out of every cop out there. And I, I cry for these cops. Hey, Bo, really? listen, we're out of time, but you're very, very uh, moving, very articulate on the subject. Uh, the defund the cops only hurts the people it, it purports to be helping. It only hurts them in the long run. But, Bo, we're, we're out of time. Thank you very much for great job. being All once right, again on the Bernie and Sid Show. Thank you, Bo. Thank you. All right, pal. The great Bo Deedle here on Bernie and Sid here every Tuesday and even more often now with what's going on at 740. New York Post columnist Miranda Devine coming up next hour. Popping up the 7 a.m. hour. Been a great show. Bo Deedle was really terrific there. He really was. Great job by Bo Deedle. Yes, sir. In fact, uh, as usual. if we don't believe me and Bernie, because we're, we're kind of in the bag for Bo. We've been friends for 25 to 30 years. Here's Patrick in the Bronx, online six, talking about Bo Deedle. Good morning, Pat. Hi. Uh, I want to say, Bo Deedle is right on the money. I am an elderly black man living in the Bronx, and I am afraid to go out at night, not because of the police, but my own people. Wow. When I park my car on the street at night, sometimes far from my house, on the way back from the car to the house, I would rather see police officers than see young people with their pants falling off of them. Because more black people are killed by other black people than they are killed by the police. Well, true. Well, true. Now, now, Patrick, is that a uh, that we know we we believe that, and we've been expressing that sentiment. And here you are, Exhibit A, 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 a living witness to that. Do you feel? Do you see more people in your neighborhood feeling that way and saying, "What? Why are we electing these people who uh, are demonizing the police that are trying to protect us?" Does that sentiment is that uh, widespread in your neighborhood or not? I don't see that a lot. I'm no. sorry. No, I don't. I don't either. I think it's not. But but it's you. So Patrick, thank you for the phone call and and uh, be safe and God bless you. And uh, the, good, yeah. the good news is in America you can feel but, that way. Even if your community doesn't, you're allowed to. But, but that's the thing, though. His elected leaders, poor Patrick's elected leaders, are selling him out. They're selling yeah, him the, out. But the majority of people are on the elector leader's side, not Patrick's side. I know. <laughs> Stipulated. And they're voting. But they're selling this poor man out who, yeah. who lives in his own neighborhood and is afraid of his own neighbors, and he wants the police. Yeah. Steve is in Manhattan, line four. Got to do this quick. Uh, Steve, good morning. How are you? Last week during the looting, some guy broke into the Bronx Zoo. What was he going to do, steal a rhinoceros? <laughs> That's um, true. That's a true story. Go ahead. Right. The gentleman, the, the guy, the king's announcer... Innocent uh, comedy man, he gets fired. Oh, you talking about Grant Napier out in Sacramento. Exactly. There was a, a reporter a few years ago made an innocent comment about Serena Williams. He gets fired. Folks, this is economic terrorism. That's what it is. Then last week in Bethesda, Maryland, they had a protest in front of a library, estimated 80% female. They were on their knees, their hands up in the air, and a woman with a bullhorn was screaming words out, and they were repeating it. Folks, this was a scene right out of Jim Jones's Kool-Aid camp, Guyana, Johnstown, circa 1978. And Bernie, you know what the woman was screaming out? What was that? Where's my blueberry pie? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, no, this uh, this self humiliation is off the charts. This pandering. I mean, I saw, 
I think it was even police, white people and police washing the feet of black people oh, in a uh, some some sort of symbolistic symbolist uh, symbol symbolic ritual yeah. that was totally emasculating, embarrassing. Nobody's going to respect you if you're doing stuff like that. No, and it all started with Drew Brees. That's that's the uh, that was the big white lie right there. Just They're going to be of laughing. I, I could see Chris Rock doing a bit about it in like a year from now. Yeah, they had white people uh, washing the black people's feet. Yeah. I mean, I could see him making mocking them. I mean. And, and, and but by the way, they should be mocked. Yeah, no, I agree. 1-800-848-WABC. We'll, uh, we got Deb with the news. We'll come back with hour number three. And one of the great columnists in New York, in, this, in the country, in fact, Miranda Devine from the New York Post, is going to join us. Keep it right here for hour three of Bernie and Sid. Real slow, and let it go. I'm so excited. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Pointed sisters. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Yes. Great song. Part of the soundtrack of your life, Sydney. Yes. That and a couple of others, a couple of good disco uh, <laughs> numbers. Anyway, Bonnie I, Pointer. Passed away. Dead at 69. I actually saw them perform live at the, uh, folks will appreciate this, at the Diplomat Hotel, Collins Avenue, Miami, circa 1980. It was a two-part show. It was the Pointer Sisters was the, the, the uh, major act. That was their heyday. That was their heyday. Oh, yeah. They were the major act, and the open was Martin Mole. And you may remember Martin Mulley was the comedian. Of course, he was funny. I love blonde head guy. Yes, very, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. So it was Martin Mull and the Pointer Sisters live at the Diplomat. I, I was down there for a month, and I saw them. And then two weeks later, I saw Air Supply at the Diplomat. Just to show you. Air Supply. <laughs> I know. Good Lord. All uh, out of love, lost in love. That's what I did at the Diplomat Hotel. <laughs> that one I would keep under wraps. But... Uh, God bless. God bless. Listen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, today, of course, uh, in Westchester County, phase two of the reopen. Today is day two of phase one of the reopen in New York City. And I was telling Sid, I pulled into my uh, parking garage this morning with a just a, like a, a, a procession of cars driven by construction workers. Everybody going in, parking their cars. And I walked out, walking down the stairs with construction workers. This is like, you know, 520 this morning. And uh, I felt great. I felt good. So I guess this phase one, I mean, yeah, I was of the opinion it really isn't much. But this construction and manufacturing, uh, it employs a lot of people. And, and it was great to see these guys this morning uh, come in and uh, going to work. It was just fantastic. Tomorrow, of course, Nassau County goes to phase two. So things are looking up. We should, of course, by... By all accounts, we should reopen. Reopen the, the whole, this protest, people going to memorials, sitting there shoulder to shoulder, no social distance, none of this crap. And the WHO coming out and saying that uh, asymptomatic spread, forget about it. It, it, it. It's very, very rare. It doesn't happen. All this, all this information, the data, it's got to be driven by the data. It's time to reopen everything, four square, all of it, the whole nine, uh, Governor Cuomo. And by the way, that, so that's the good news. Do you think stuff have, is real? Do you think he'll have a phase two and a phase three, or do you think in a week he, he may just say, "Forget about the phases; we're just reopening." I, I, listen, I hope so. He has his own agenda. He's a selfish, uh, nasty person. This uh, schmuck uh, Cuomo, real, uh, a real, just a dirty guy. Yeah. I mean, personally, nobody likes him. They're afraid of him. And, again, he has his agenda. So uh, who knows what yeah. he's going to do. He loves the cameras. Oh, he loves it. And, uh, but he should. 
He should do that. I actually watched him for the first time yesterday. It was on in the bedroom. I didn't watch him, but it was on. First time in maybe a month. He, he, he really loves he, himself, and he, he gives these like morality lessons every single day. Yeah, like He's it's above it all. He's teaching you about racism and, and, he, and, and death. Yes, and, and he lies. He lies. Of course. He said that uh, we don't want to get too cocky because where the states, they reopen. We've seen a spike. That is not true. That is a flat-out lie. Andrew, you and your stupid brother, your naked brother Fredo, your, your couple of embarrassments. A dad, dad's got to be spinning, got to be spinning in his grave. I mean, at these two clowns. I mean, the keeping New York State closed like this in New York City. I mean, slow rolling this. I heard businesses are dying every single day. Uh, where states have reopened, the, uh, per, the, the the positive positivity rates have gone down, 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 down. There are more absolute numbers because there's more testing. Uh, explain it to the people, you idiot. We're, we're not as dumb as you think, Andrew. So, and the good news also, the Dow shot up another 500 points yesterday. It's up to almost 27.6. Yeah. So the stock market is betting on good things. Uh, it's only 7% shy now of the all-time high, which was almost 30,000 in February. Not just the Dow, but the S&P up over 1.2% yesterday. The NASDAQ up over 1.4% yesterday. The S&P, by the way, just 4.5 percentage points behind their all-time high. So all three of those major indicators on Wall Street, yes. huge reason well, uh, for optimism. Back to where we were before the coronavirus, yeah, yeah. believe it or not. And nobody predicted it, of course, and nobody predicted the numbers, the jobs numbers that came out. Listen. They predicted we, the other way around. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. And uh, uh, despite all the, the gloom and doom that you see on TV and that you're feeling, and justifiably, we still live in the greatest country in the world. We have the highest standard of living in history. And it is springtime. It's going to be nice weather. It's, it's reason to be optimistic. It, re- it is a reason to be happy and, and try to bust out of the, you know, your gloomy state right now. I mean, if I can do anything to, do, to, to, to encourage you to do that, bring out, put out these things, uh, announce these things, amplify them is what I'm doing here. Now, on a down note, of course, in Brooklyn uh, uh, yesterday, seven people were shot. Seven people in were shot. In 10 minutes, in 10 minutes. And, and, and right. Now, and where? Where were they shot? They were shot in... Benson, uh, I'll, I'll guess. Bensonhurst, Bay Ridge, and Mill Basin. Wrong. Sheepshead Bay. Nope. The Midwood section. Not. Not mm. at all. Wrong. Nope. It was actually uh, a place in Bedford-Stuyvesant called Malcolm X Boulevard no, it, was one place. Yeah. Uh, Flatbush Avenue was another. And mm. Brownsville <laughs> was another. Now, these folks are what you call inner-city neighborhoods. And guess, by the way, after these people got shot, and my guess is that they're all minority people. Because they're in these inner city hood, right? Good guess. Guess who they called? Well, to uh, to, to to help them out to respond to try to get the shooters. Uh, LeBron James. Wrong. No, no. Uh, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry. Nuh-uh. Nope, nope. Oh, I know. Minneapolis City Council Member Lisa Bender. <laughs> <laughs> they called the NYPD. They did. They said, to believe it. "Please, NYPD, please come and help us. There's been some shootings. We need the, the, the we need you to get the bad guys." Please, NYPD, the same NYPD whose budget they want to cut, mm-hmm. who Patrick in the Bronx is saying, I am stuck, I am, I, I, I'm afraid in my own neighborhood uh, of my neighbors. I want the police. Uh, th- that's who these people call the NYPD for help, believe it or not. But these moron, loser, coward leaders that we have are so embarrassing. Uh, Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, these two losers, right? 
Listen to the two of these idiots. Well, listen to Kamala Harris first. The status quo has been to to determine and create policy around the idea that more police equals more safety. Mm -hmm. And that's just wrong. One of the, the issues that I think we should all agree on is that it is old thinking it is outdated and is actually wrong and 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 backward to think that more police officers will create more safety (laughs) yeah tell that to patrick in the bronx the old black man who needs the police tell that to these seven people that got shot in Bedsty brownsville and on flatbush avenue you idiot you stupid woman you i used to call aoc talib and omar you know the squad i used to call them the committee to re-elect the president because that's what they were doing. They were the, people were looking at them and their, their stupid Green New Deal banned cars and airplanes. And like, I'm not voting for this crap. Uh, but now the, the late, it even got, wor- got more wacky with this defund the police uh, a mantra that they have. And uh, these, all these leaders are cowards. You see, nobody's denouncing it. Nobody's saying how stupid it is, even though it's patently stupid. I mean, on, on the surface, it's just ridiculous. It's laughable is what it is. But uh, no less than uh, Joe Biden was on CBS, and he tried. He, he was the only one who said, who actually pushed back a little bit. But listen to the way this Braveheart does it. No, I don't support defunding the police. I support conditioning federal aid to police based on whether or not they meet certain basic standards of decency and honorableness. And, in fact, are able to demonstrate they can protect the community and everybody in the community. That's it. That the last part is the, all, all you had to say. Is there in the community to protect the community? I'm actually surprised that he is uh, not for defunding the police. I thought he would be. Well, you know, they had, a, they had a big decision to make yesterday. So you had to either get on board or not get on board. Yeah. And they made the right call. However, he's the same guy who caved to the whole Green New Deal, caved to everything. He ran to the left so far. And plus, he's only a puppet. He's, if he does get elected, he'll be in office for about six months. And then Stacey Abrams will take over. <laughs> and then we're dead meat. It's not going to be Stacey Abrams. Oh, whatever. Whoever, whoever, whatever <laughs> clown he picks, True. it's going to be it's going to be a disaster. Uh, so yeah, now, now the president, of course, he said yesterday, I don't have time to play it. We ain't defunding no police. But uh, I do want to play what Bill Barr said about okay. President Trump's accomplishments with the black community. Thank God for people like Bill Barr and President Trump. Take a listen. The president, you know, has has been attempting to address the criminal justice reform issue. Uh, he did the first step act. He set up the first police commission since Lyndon Johnson. We've been looking precisely at these issues and will be coming out very shortly with our proposals on this. Uh, and he's also uh, advanced uh, uh, opportunity zones in the inner city. And he's pushing for school choice for inner city parents. That's, a, that's to me, the civil rights issue uh, of our era. I mean, that's what the presence of concrete issues for the black community was all over the george floyd killing was horrified saddened by it immediately implemented a fbi doj investigation on it and one last one you mentioned uh, lisa bender this is the she's the president of the minneapolis city council she's being interviewed by our ex-friend allison camarota from cnn take a listen do you understand that the word dismantle or police free also makes some people nervous for instance what if in the middle of the night my home is broken into. Who do I call? Yeah, yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors. And I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege because for those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. 
Yes, well, our, our caller, Patrick, lives in that reality. Those seven people shot yesterday live in that reality, and they call the police. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, Miranda Devine, great columnist with the New York Post, a, a newfound friend of Sid Rosenberg's. On Twitter, at uh, least. A Twitter pal. Crazy about my Twitter. And the president just retweeted something she tweeted out just moments ago. Uh, she's coming up this hour on the Bernie and Sid Show. Howie Day, Collide. She banged Britney Spears in uh, rehab. <laughs> It's the only song he ever wrote that I actually really, really like. But it's funny. I was watching um, a show called Sweet Magnolias. It's a uh, series on Netflix. I've watched them all now. And Britney's little sister, Jamie Lynn Spears, has a big role on that show. She's actually pretty good, I think. She's okay. And that is another show I recommend for you, Sweet Magnolias and um, Hollywood. Both of those are very good on Netflix. So uh, check those out. You know, just reminded, I want to get some matzo. I'm still eating matzo. Talking about that, I got to get my son Gabriel a, uh, a rabbi one of these days. He's 11. He's going to be bar mitzvah in less than two years, and he doesn't know how to read Hebrew, so that's, that's coming up. That's a big deal. Uh, let's get this done. Let's get it done. So I'm still eating matzah, and I was reminded when I walked outside, you know, it was so exciting a couple Saturdays ago to watch the space, uh, the uh, rocket. Yeah, sure. Go right. That's right. Those poor bastards, those poor, they're still up there, those poor bastards. Yeah. For three months. They're going to the space station. For three months? Well, the time, uh, w- uh, from what I understood, the time was, uh, they hadn't decided on the length of the time that they were going to stay. That wasn't definitively decided. However, if you say three months. Yeah, that's what the Deb was telling me. That's a long time to but, be up but, there, but right? th- Yeah, that's what they do. They go up and. Uh, they, what do you do? They do a lot of experiments. A lot <laughs> of experiments, a lot of maintenance. Yeah. And they float around and they have fun. So when, because uh, I know nothing about this, I admit it, I'm ignorant. But one of the lasting memories I'll always have is 1985, I guess, whenever it was, sitting in my ex-girlfriend's house in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, and watching the Challenger go up into the sky and blow up. And, of course, you had that teacher on there, Krista McAuliffe. Never forget her name. Mm-hmm. How long were they supposed to be up there in, uh, in space? Well, I don't know. Okay. I mean, they, they, that, that's what people, they go up to the space station, they stay there for a long time because they can't be co- go, going and coming, coming True. and going. They not like have, the subway. Know. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's not like, uh, you know, exactly. No yeah. bus, uh, the but, bus that doesn't come again in 20 minutes. Are you allowed, again, serious question, can you watch a baseball game on your phone? They got Wi-Fi up. I'm being serious. I don't know. Can, I, I, I would imagine they can do, they have electronic devices that allow them to access certain things. Yeah. FaceTime sure. your family? Yeah, I mean, you have to. I I mean, they have to live for three months. They have to have downtime and some uh, recreation. Sure. Well, what do you do? How, how do you work out? How about this? Uh, maybe, maybe reading. They could do that. They can do plenty of that. Plenty what, of reading. What, what if you want to work out? Uh, there's not much working out because is there a basketball court on? Uh, well, look, <laughs> they're, they're in a uh, in a situation where there's no gravity. There's no gravity. Oh, they can slam dunk. How great is that? <laughs> what do you mean white guys can't dunk? <laughs> there's no. They can uh, float up in the air and slam dunk it. They, Base could, jam. they could do. Everybody could. Yeah. I don't know. Also, bro. space, real quick. You know that, the, and you're talking about Netflix, uh, Space Force, that thing with Steve Carell. Oh, that's Steve Carell, they yes. May, uh, the, the Space Force, actual Space Force, may lose, lose the trademark uh, battle over that name because apparently the Netflix show had it first. Is that right? I read an article on it yesterday. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I you mean, know, the, the, it's, uh, it's said that uh, the Space Force would lose their name to a mutt who's bailing out uh, rioters. Yeah. He is one of those guys. I love him. I do love him, but you're right. He is one of those guys. It's yeah. fair to point that out. I hate he's, him. He's very good in uh, in Morning Show. and The, the Morning Show? The Morning I'll, I'll Show never on know. Apple TV. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> he's a, you loved him in, in uh, what was it? Not Last American Virgin, the 40-year-old virgin. I, I never saw it. Oh, you never saw that? No. Did you watch The Office? 
Rarely. Rarely, okay. Very You're rare. not a big Very Steve Carell guy. No, right, no. Right. And now, anyway. uh, you know, he's, now he's, he's dead, dead to you. To right. Completely. Like, like Howard Stern and Robert oh, De Niro God. and Barbara Streisand. And and, Drew, and, is Drew Brees dead to you? No. He's no, not dead no, to you? No, I feel bad for him. I feel embarrassed for him. Okay. I think he just, just lacked a set, lacked a pair. Oh, it's completely cowardly. But he's uh, he's still a good guy. He's a very good guy. He really he is. Just, uh, he just did the wrong thing. He these, came, the rest of these people are, are perpetual uh, bad people. low lives. Right. Yes. They're not donating $5 million to, to the... To bail out uh, well, looters and rioters? Yeah, what, are you kidding argue. me? And, and by, by the way, people who are on Joe Biden's staff are doing that. I know that. No, I know. And so, so he's going to want to... He's going to join the defund the police, however he characterizes uh, his words. He probably will. One quick call, then we'll go to break. Miranda Devine is coming up. Joan is in Yonkers talking about Drew Brees on line one. Good morning, Joni. How are you? Good morning, um, gentlemen. This is Joan from Yonkers calling. Now, uh, just a quick comment. I'm 70 years old. I don't know anything about sports, but I mean, to me, these guys make a lot of money for playing a game. Um, he's 41, I think, and I know uh, Bernie had commented about his generosity to Louisiana, and wouldn't it have been better to, uh, for him to have retired or said, I- I'm not dealing with this, rather than apologize for making well, a statement. I mean, yes, him. yes. I- ideally, uh, yes, it would have been great if he would have stuck to what he really, really believes and didn't conform and cave in, in retros- and say, I'm walking away. In retrospect, he probably feels that way, too. I, I doubt and, it. And, and she, to her point, she, he's 41. I doubt it. And he could, he has that blank you money. He didn't you know he didn't need he, anybody's he, approbation. He, he, he was already like, like he's donated uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. He, he to does the, he doesn't need the money, but he loves to play football to the city of New Orleans, which by the way is sixty percent black. Go oh, ahead. I know that, but he, he he's not ready to give up football. Bernard. Well, he's going to give up his grandfather uh, who, who, who fought in World War II. He's going to throw grandpops under the bus. Listen, we, we we're both in agreement there. What he did was cowardly. What he's done to his grandparents is disrespectful. But, you know, for Joan and Yonkers or Bernie here or sit here to say he should have retired, you know, I don't know if I would have retired if my uh, life is playing uh, football and uh, that's I, what I do. I would retire. I would have just said, look, that's my opinion. Sorry. Well, well that's a different it. story. Deal with it, you right. little snowflakes. That's a different story. I, I can't argue with that. We'll take a short break. And New York Post columnist Miranda Devine is coming up next. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show and everyone the 77 WABC app. Download it now, folks. Uh, Sydney and myself, we're here every day for you. Have been. Throughout the pandemic, the riots right here at Two Pen Plaza, not home in our pajamas in a basement somewhere. Two Pen Plaza, 17 stories above Madison Square Garden. Now, on the phone with us right now, the New York Post has two star columnists. The New York Post is the best paper in, in the United States. That's A. B, they have two star columnists. One of them is Michael Goodwin. Yep. The other is a nice lady who we have on the phone right now. Her name is Miranda Devine. Good morning to you, Miss Devine. Good morning, Bernie and Sid. That is high praise because I'm a huge fan of Michael Goodwin. He's a friend of mine and he is absolutely brilliant. So I'm honoured to be in his company. Well, you, uh, you're you right up there with him. Believe me when I tell you, Miranda. Now, uh, straight to what uh, the topic at hand, your latest column, that we're in the middle of an epidemic. And I'm not talking about the coronavirus. I'm talking about an epidemic, uh, epidemic of people groveling, groveling oh. to the mob. As we all know, it's an exercise in futility. You got the clowns in Congress. You got Mitt Romney, Drew Brees, and somebody you wrote about, the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry. Tell us about your latest column, which is entitled, Oh, Grow Up, Mayor Fry. 
Well, look, he really takes the cake. I think he is the chief groveler of all, and they're all pathetic. Uh, these are all Democrats, and they think that appeasing the mob is going to get them somewhere. And as Winston Churchill told us, all that does is uh, it's trying to get the crocodile to eat you last. And he actually... <laughs> And Jacob Fry was pathetic. I don't know if you saw that video of him. Yes, we did. He's he's there. He looks like a little boy. And he has one of these Black Lives Matter activists standing above him. And he's got his little black mask on. And they're handing him the microphone and demanding that he agreed to abolish the police force. And even for a crazy progressive lefty like Jacob Fry, who actually is to blame for this contagion of violence and rioting, you know, just going through the entire country because he's so weak. Um, Even for him, it was just a bridge too far. He could not say that I'm going to abolish the police. And so they booed him. The the woman said to him, get the F out of here. And he had to do this terrible walk of shame, which is just reminded me of, you know, in Chairman Mao's China, where they used to have these struggle sessions and they'd have enemies of the state would, would be humiliated in this ritual where they'd have a sign with all their sins around their neck and they'd have to get booed and jeered by the crowd. That is exactly what happened to Jacob Fry. Yeah. And you know, he, he is the mayor of that city that has been completely destroyed. Uh, Minneapolis looks like Mogadishu now. It's been burned to the ground. It's looted. The people who are the most damaged in that city are minorities, are the black communities whose businesses have been burned out, um, you know, who can't go to the shops, who have, whose, whose entire neighbourhoods have been trashed. They have no police. There's no law and order one of the most dangerous cities in America anyway. And Jacob Fry is the mayor who's supposed to be, you know, his number one job is to keep law and order in that city. And he has failed miserably. And all he can think about is himself and his own therapy sessions and trying to, you know, expurgate his white guilt, his white privilege. He is pathetic and he should just step down and allow a grown-up to take over. Totally. Well, unfortunately, they're all pathetic in Minnesota. They're all Democrats. The days of my cousin, Norm Coleman, governing there are uh, a long time ago. Uh, Miranda Devine here with uh, Bernie and Sid. Now, this is Sid Miranda. I, I uh, did point out a couple of days ago that uh, you've been liking my tweets an awful lot. Yes. We- <laughs> it's so nice. Honestly, times like this to find kindred spirits on Twitter, it really makes you feel that you're not alone in the world because... <laughs> It seems like the world's gone mad. Yes, it is. That was a huge honor for me. I started gushing in front of Bernard. I said, let's get Miranda on the show. <laughs> and you continue to do it every day, which is a very, very big deal for me. So thank you. But forgetting about Sid Rosenberg appreciating Miranda Devine, how about President Trump, who just moments ago tweeted something about uh, what you said on Fox and Friends on Fox News this morning. So you've got two huge fans, oh. Sid Rosenberg and <laughs> President Trump. You've just told me something I didn't know, really. I, was yeah. only, I only got off Fox and Friends um, a little while ago, so I haven't actually been looking at Twitter, but that's great. Yes, President that's Trump, uh, yeah, he's a big fan of yours. And, and look, one of the things that you, you did uh, retweet and talk about, uh, you commented on my Twitter a couple of days ago, the relationship in this city between the governor, Andrew Cuomo, and the mayor, Bill de Blasio. Uh, they have mm. one thing in common, they both hate the cops. Outside of that, they do seem to fight quite a bit. And like Rudy Giuliani always says, 
to get past all this stuff, you need some kumbaya between the governor and the mayor. We don't have any of that. No, and I think that is actually part of um, the problem for New York and why the two of them have really betrayed uh, the citizens of New York because they, uh, you know, Mayor de Blasio is completely incompetent. Andrew Cuomo is just, I don't know, he's a performer, but he pretends that he's this strong leader. And actually what we really saw that he did um, was was let down those poor people that he sent off to the nursing homes to die. Um, and then he lied about it, and then he tried to blame everybody else but himself for it. And then he kept that rule going that you send COVID-positive patients to those nursing homes. Uh, it's just reprehensible. So it's very difficult to know who's worse, um, Andrew Cuomo or Bill de Blasio. But um, Bill de Blasio is just so... I mean, Mayor Putz, we call him in the... That's hilarious to hear you say that with the Australian accent, Mayor Putz. <laughs> he is. So he, he is. He's, he's just so incompetent and so nerdy and annoying. And, and unfortunately, he's also drunk with power. But he makes Andrew Cuomo look good because Andrew Cuomo is sort of cool and, you know, women are throwing their everything at him because of his daily briefings and he seems so, uh, I don't know, together. But, but actually, Andrew Cuomo is probably worse in some ways than Bill de Blasio. Um, but the two of them together, they're having this war, they won't talk to each other. And remember when, um, you know, Rudy Giuliani and Governor Pataki after 9-11... They really came together. They were together every single day. They were a unified force, and together they did things that were the, were the best for New York. And everything worked seamlessly, whereas in New York it's been disjointed. Everything's been disjointed. Everyone's at war with everyone else. Um, and what they've done to the police, I mean, in the hour of need for the NYPD, when they were up against these forces of violence. It was an existential threat to the city. And all that we heard from Mayor de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo was, oh, well, we need to do an investigation into these police because they've overused their force. If they'd only been allowed to do what the police are good at doing and know how to do, just unleash them, allow them to quell the riots from the very beginning and stop the looting, we wouldn't have had the damage that we've had. But when they've got one hand tied behind their back and they know that anything they do is going to be scrutinized and they'll be crucified for it well of course what happened has happened and it will take it you know at the very time that new york is just about to open up this is the last thing that it needed no you're exactly right uh, miranda divine from the new york post on the bernie and sid show and uh, just briefly back to uh, jacob fry it was his instructions to the police to evacuate that precinct that caused the riots to metastasize to other cities including ours so the lawlessness and the uh, this uh, suicidal defund the police movement a lot of this is, is is analogous to 67 and 68 where there was chaos riots all this disorder in the streets and it led to the election of Richard Nixon, a law and order guy, similar to New York City when we had David Dinkins. Chaos, lawlessness led to the election of law and order Rudy Giuliani. So, in a way, this might backfire on these radical, crazy uh, leftists right now. Well, you have to think it, it will, because you just saw there was the NBC poll out the other day showing that something like 80% of Americans are frightened 
They think that, uh, you know, they've lost control of the country. They want law and order. Um, all those suburban women that supposedly hate Donald Trump, when it comes to looking after their own families, um, they may just hold their noses and vote for the law and order president in November. Um, I just cannot see this working for Joe Biden and the Democrats. To say that they want to abolish the police, um, to preside over these riots and this lawlessness in these democratic cities, which they have been in control of, mm -hmm. they control the police. It's completely and entirely their fault if there's something going wrong. Um, I just can't see why anyone would vote for more of that, to have that enter the White House. I think the Democratic Party needs to have a period in the wilderness until they reform themselves. <laughs> they have The new Democratic Party is not what it used to be, even what it was under Obama, which was bad enough. This, you know, the fact that they have chosen as their leader, as their candidate, Joe Biden tells you everything. He is just not operating on all cylinders. No, no. He's about taking a step further. You and I, Miranda Devine, both retweeted Candace Owens yesterday, twelve hours ago. Yeah. She said, "I have to say, I thought there was at least one or two things that the Democrats would not stoop to for the black vote." But there is apparently nothing they won't do. Dressing in African garb and getting on their knees for a photo op because it's Monday in only four months to November. Seeing that, Miranda, Nancy Pelosi dressed in African garb on her knees in Congress yesterday. That's enough to make anybody nauseous, no? It, it was so bizarre. You, you almost think that you're watching a comedy <laughs> SNL, right? It, how can it be? It's SNL. There they are. They're genuflecting. They're all wearing these matching African scarves, which they've already been completely excoriated for wearing because it's cultural appropriation. You know, that's, oh, that's well. true. They were, they, they were getting hammered for that. Well, yes. yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes. Megan Kelly got fired, but not them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there they are. And then Nancy Pelosi couldn't even get up off her knees after kneeling, you know, <laughs> honestly. And to me, looking at that video, I thought that is kind of symbolic of their electoral chances. They can't get off the ground. Oh. And we may look back after okay. November, and I think that footage will be emblematic. And Jacob Fry, Americans do not see themselves as victims, as abasing themselves, as taking the knee, um, you know, genuflecting to what? To what? To abolish the police? Yeah. Um, we don't know. I mean, it's taken them two weeks to even come out with a coherent set of demands. And that set of demands, that rationale for all this two weeks of violence is abolish the police? Nobody. I mean, well, I mean, 18% of Americans agree that you could defund the police, but abolish the police... I don't think anybody except criminals want to do that. It shows you just how absolutely desperate the Democrats are. And Candace Owens has nailed it because she she founded Blexit, which is blacks exiting from the Democratic Party. And to win the White House, the Democrats need 85% of the black vote. And you saw the other day when Joe Biden said on radio, if you, if you don't vote for me, if you want to vote for Donald Trump, you ain't black. And that shows you, because he's lost his filter, that's what he really thinks. That's how he regards black voters as being just, they have no autonomy, they just have to vote for the Democratic Party. And of course they resent that. That was the most racist thing we've ever heard. And I think 
a week later, you know, George Floyd dies, terrible death, shouldn't have happened, but somehow that has been turned into this nationwide movement and it has to have something to do with the election. And I think it's to try and leverage black grievance in order to try and make up for Joe Biden making that facial error that he did because all Joe Biden has got, the only reason he's the Democratic nominee for president is because he won in North Carolina 61% of the vote thanks to uh, you know Mr. Clyburn, right. who's a very charismatic uh, congressman, black congressman. So he, he nails the black vote. He was the vice president to Obama. That's all he's got. And he totally destroyed it with that one interview. And I think everything since then is all about trying to fix it. No doubt about it. Miranda Devine from the New York Post. We are out of time. I would love to talk to you a lot longer. But this uh, groveling, of course, uh, it never works. This pandering. And same thing with uh, pandering uh, after the, or during the uh, pandemic to China. Not, not calling out China, as this president uh, has done. I mean, that's going to work in his favor. Because people know China is the one who spread the uh, disease around the globe. But Miranda Devine, we, we can't have you commentate, comment on it because we're out of time. But we love having you on, on the Bernie and Sitcher. We thank you very much. Thanks so much, guys. I'll be to talk to you. All right, Miranda. Make sure you retweet and like the last tweet. I think you're going to like it. <laughs> I, I promise <laughs> you're going to like it. I promise. Uh, you were great. Thank you. Miranda Devine, New York Post columnist here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. I'm going up the country. Boy, do I wish uh, it was a Friday right now on a day like today. Heading up to the woods, baby. Listen, back here on the Bernie and Sid show, heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Miranda Devine is and was terrific on this program. And uh, she's engaged in a tweet storm uh, with Sid <laughs> Rosenberg and President Trump at the same time. Yes, right now. I actually tweeted afterwards, uh, absolutely love Miranda Devine, and she tweeted me right back. And it says, Mutual Admiration Society at Sid Rosenberg. Thanks for having me on with you. And at Bernard McGurk 3, which is Bernie's uh, Twitter handle, at Bernard McGurk 3, on Bernie and Sid, on 77 WABC. And then moments later after that, she went on to like the tweet that Donald Trump yep. sent to you and I a couple of years which, ago. Which, by the way, you informed her of. Uh, she didn't even know about no. it. Hey, look, what she said about uh, uh, the uh, Pelosi and the rest of these schmuck Schumer and these embarrassing totally, uh, completely emasculated Democrats, I, I mean, uh, kneeling, uh, the, the way Pelosi had to be literally pulled up off the floor and her, 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 her turn of the phrase, the Democrats can't get off the ground. I mean, that was brilliant. Very Absolutely funny. brilliant. Yeah. I and, mean, she, you have to give credit to, to Candace Owens. That was a tweet that her and I both retweeted from Candace Owens oh, who pointed okay. it out. All right. Well, Candace. But, yeah, but that was Miranda Devine's line that the Democrats may be like that, unable to get up their knees and, come and, November. And, and I believe that is the case. Uh, look, defund the police. It just insults the intelligence. I mean, uh, what are you going to do? Hey, there's three guys with a gun in my kitchen. Somebody call the community organizers quick. Get the community organizers. I need help. And the local fake news, of course, uh, running interference for these idiots that these politicians who are pandering to the morons calling to defund the police. I was watching Channel 11 local news, and they say, this is what they say, make sure you know defund the police isn't what it might sound like. It means different things to different people is what they're saying. Hey, stupid, it's pretty straightforward to me. Defund the police means defund the police. Take money away from the police department and send, uh, you know, psychologists to uh, respond to EDP calls, emotionally disturbed person calls, or domestic violence incidents. Send a marriage counselor to a domestic violence incident. Are you kidding me? 
it, it's it, it's going to backfire in a big way, I believe, on the Bernie and Sitch. We're coming right back. Billy Joel, Summer Highland Falls, 908 on your sunny, your sun splashed. Tuesday morning here in New York City, the fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Billy Joel hasn't been downstairs for quite some time. So uh, some sports stuff that I was just reading in the, um, in the New York Post. One of these stories has uh, one of our favorite guys, both me and Bernard, really Bernard Moore. Jason Whitlock, Jason Whitlock, uh, African-American man. I had the great opportunity to work with Jason way back when, the first part of my career in the late 1990s when I worked with Scott Kaplan, now out in San Diego. We were syndicated by Sports Fan Radio Network and Joel Hollander, Westwood One, on about 50 cities across America. And one of those cities was Kansas City. And at the time, Jason Whitlock was a local guy, only in Kansas City, and he did the midday show right before Scott and I. So we uh, went to Kansas City one week, and we, we had what we called the Party with the People Tour where we'd spend three or four days in all the cities we were syndicated in, do a couple of live shows from those cities, and get hammered with the local folk, whether it was Lacrosse, Wisconsin, Kansas City, Las Vegas, Ontario, California. We did it for about six months, and we had a blast in Kansas City. Jason Whitlock could not have been nicer. I actually gave my wife, Daniela Fendi, watch because he was so appreciative I believe that. of the exposure Scott and I brought to him. He's a nice guy. A nice guy. And he went on to become a huge star. ESPN, he went to Fox Sports, uh, worked alongside Colin Coward, had that show alongside Marcellus Wiley. Uh, that's when I got to know him, when the UFC was on Fox Sports. That's the only reason why I watched Fox Sports 1. And while I was there looking for UFC shows, I caught Jason Whitlock. And the guy, I'm, I'm listening to, he's making sense. I'm like, what? what? He's making sense. He's, right. he's, 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 he's actually spewing a... The, the the not the the usual narrative that you hear on ESPN the liberal narrative he's going the other way not just ESPN but the black narrative he's in the same boat as Candace Owens and Burgess Owens he's a black conservative which is which takes rare which takes some set yes and and and, and to succeed in that world as a black conservative is no small feat no. Uh, but it turns out he's done at Fox, and he's moving on, and there's some rumors he may do his own thing, like Dave Portnoy. That's too bad, because, uh, you know, I don't care what he, Dave Portnoy, Joe Rogan, they have right. large Bill audiences Simmons. for yeah. what they do. Yeah. But he's not going to get the audience that he gets at Fox Sports 1. I mean, he's going to have a targeted audience. He'll be successful. He'll have his diehard followers. But he won't reach as many people as he would. Otherwise, on Fox Sports 1. Probably not, but he may more, may more more money. I don't know. I mean, I was, I was reading the column, and in the column, it goes on to talk about Skip Bayless, who does that terrible show with Shannon Sharp that my friend Joy Taylor used to uh, Shannon, moderate. Shannon, not so sharp. Right, exactly. Skip Bayless makes $6.5 million a year. And I was saying to Bernie during the break, I said, Bern, what are we doing wrong? You know, Mike Greenberg uh, hosts a morning show on ESPN that nobody watches. I mean, nobody. He's a great guy, Greeny. I love him. He makes $7 million a year. Skip Bayless <laughs> makes $6.5 million a year. Bernie and I make a nice living, but not even in the same galaxy, not even in the same stratosphere as those guys. Not even close. Not even close. What are we doing wrong? Well, listen, uh, they're very milk toast, and uh, they're liberals. They're milk, milk toast. Uh, it's, it's, it's really boring stuff. It's uninteresting. I mean, unless... Well, if you're a sports fan, you like it. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, me, I'm a sports fan. No, you've got to be a real sports fan. You're, you're, well, a, you're a kind of a peripheral well, sports well, well, fan. Well, we're not doing sports. Why not? That's what I'm saying. We're doing, uh, you know, counter-narrative uh, 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 radio. I mean, counter... Uh, 
media narrative radio is what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. I mean, and if we're not, you know, it's just a different animal. Even when I was doing sports, Bernie, I had a very tough time the last four or five years just doing sports. I told you time and time again, whether it was 560 WQAM in Miami and my boss Joe Bell or 790 The Ticket in Miami and my boss Howard Davis and even my boss Steve Lapa at 640 Sports, I was called in that office almost every week. And they're like, why are you talking to Chuck Todd? Why are you talking to Robert Gibbs? Why are you talking to Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum? And I'm like, because I can't keep talking to Wes Welker. Because I can't keep talking to the Dolphin quarterback. Because I know it's going to sound crazy, guys. But guys my age that have a kid or two or three and love sports and love TV and love chicks and love movies, we care about the future of the country. And we care about the next president. That's why I'm doing this. And, and eventually they, they, they relented, eventually, which helped me get the job up here with you in New York City. But I had to go through years and years of you're supposed go When you go into an Italian restaurant, you don't order egg foo young. You know what you get. You're supposed to do sports. Just do sports. But you had, and I couldn't do it. You had a platform, and you you tired of the tedium. Uh, I mean, the repetitiveness of True. of sports. It's really the, it's the same thing. Different uh, different athlete. I mean, same thing as ten years ago. You're talking about different teams, uh, whatever. It's, no, it's actually worse now because now back then it was the tedium. It was boring. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Is he just good? Is Carmelo Anthony a great player? Is he just good? Now you got to deal with some of the politics. Sports yeah. guys have to talk well, now, about LeBron now, James right, and Colin Kaepernick. But they didn't uh, rise to, like, Skip Bayless didn't rise to th- those heights talking politics. No. Now he has to. No, you're right. And what he did was talk uh, really a, a boring... Nonsense. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, put you into a coma listening to this crap. I know, the, the two guys argue about, uh, you know, the, a salary cap on a, a certain team and, uh, and who should they draft. I mean... Who cares in the long, well, grand scheme of things? Who gives a rat? Somebody butt? cares. He's not making six and a half million dollars because nobody I, cares. I, I know. Too many, <laughs> I, I, a lot of common denominator nitwits care. But, it, I mean, again, I've said it. If any of these athletes who they uh, deify and, 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 and adore, I mean, if, if the, the, the viewer, the, the fan gets throat cancer on any given occasion, that athlete's not going to get. He doesn't care. He doesn't well, care know, about you and your throat cancer. That is true. But I mean, the, it doesn't. In the grand scheme of things, it matters not a, a whit. But, but in all fairness, for the people that call this station, that are as rabid as a sports fan is about the Yankees with Donald Trump, he doesn't care if Jeff in Brooklyn gets throat cancer either. Let's be honest. Uh, so, Donald Trump. Trump actually called the guy who was dying. <laughs> I swear to God. Guy. I know, I know. I mean, and, and athletes uh, do that occasionally as well. They do nice things for Very nice. sick they, kids they or whatever. They raise money and they do the... the whatever. But, yeah. but what that, that, all of that stuff doesn't mean... It's so, so irrelevant okay, in the so, grand scheme of things. So if they it's, said it's, to it's you... It's actually... Uh, let me just... Yeah. Um, and I apologize. That's okay. It's the opiate for the people. It's, it's what Karl Marx used to call religion. Sports is the opiate for the people. In other words, it keeps them busy and occupied and diverted and distracted. And it's just same thing with the stupid uh, primetime TV lineup. But sports is that, in a major way for a lot of guys, fills the, the void in their lives. And it's meaningless. But it keeps them busy until they die, and, that, and that's it. And it meant nothing uh, in the grand scheme of things. meant squat. So if John Katsimatidis called us today, he said, listen, they got ratings, they make more money. That's a, these are facts, by the way. They get more revenue. I'm done with the po- politics. We're going to sports. Okay. And, uh, Bernie, we want you and Sid to host a morning show. Now, you can't talk about Trump and Nancy Pelosi. I want you talking Mets and Yankees. And what you're making now, I'm going to ten times that. You're going to make seven, eight, nine million dollars, whatever it is. Um, 
You're going to tell him no? I'll say, uh, you want me to start today? <laughs> or tomorrow? <laughs> Wait, give me the date. <laughs> What's the start date? How about that, Jacob DeGrom? I, I got to hand it to Bernie. And, and uh, is Thor going to get a haircut? Is his arm ever going to get better? Oh, God. Are we going to play baseball this year? Yeah. You should just be do, do a Chris Russo impression the entire show of that happened. Hey, good morning to you, everybody. Fantastic. Well, anyway, yeah. it just it just struck me as interesting that when I saw these numbers, it just it it, it, yeah, it blows just, me away. Right, and they're all making you, you're, re- you're rethinking your decision to no no veer. I'm it. not Drew Brees. I am. Well, you're having second second thoughts. Maybe I am. Sure, sure you. Are. <laughs> Sure you are. Yeah, you do. Because I could have done this. I mean, I could do it better than of any of course, these guys. Of course, you got the talent and spades, but uh, I know all this stuff. But I mean, you're you're a little provo- too provocative. They're milk toast type people. Michael like, K. Not, once did say to me, "Stop cursing on Twitter." If you ever want a real job in New York again, which I did get a real job in New York again, but he did tell me years ago, "Don't curse anymore on Twitter." That was Michael K. Yeah, I mean that, and your attempts at humor sometimes go over the line. <laughs> And, and you know your anger uh, sometimes a little over the top, right? With these guys, are, they're a little more milk toast. They're yeah. a little, you know, boring, uh, average sports talk talking heads. Right. So I'm know? more exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm less predictable. You know what's going to happen. Right. And I'm also and, poorer than those guys are. Yes. All that stuff hurts <laughs> hurts your bank account. Okay. All right. But, but it's a, it's great, it's a great <laughs> listen. Don't get me wrong. Right. It's better this way, right? It's much better this okay. way. Okay. I, I couldn't watch Skip Bayless for... Oh. He's dumber than Shannon Sharp. It's close. It's it close. is close. He may be dumber. He may be. Yeah. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We, uh, we'll take a short break. Tom wants to sing happy birthday to Big Harv. All that good stuff. We'll be right back. What the hell is going on? Thank you for the joy. Yeah. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. I'm going to go right to the phones here in a moment. But I uh, just want to mention again the, uh, I mean, the the mob is in full effect. The mob is raging right now. The mob is, you got these idiots kneeling all over the place. You got the white people washing the feet of black people as though, I mean, the people, the, those black people are going to respect you less for what you're doing, for humiliating, emasculating yourselves. And uh, all, all kinds, the New York Times, I mean, they ran a, uh, uh, an op-ed by a guy named Tom Cotton, a senator from Arkansas. He's been on the show with Sid and myself, uh, defending the president's uh, consideration. The president was only considering, contemplating, using troops in case the riots got worse. Remember, he was under siege at the White House. And uh, the, we, the riots were occurring around the, around the cities. Milwaukee was burning down. And subsequently, New York had a couple of bad days. And, of course, uh, Abraham Lincoln used it during the, uh, the New York City riots the, the, during the Civil War. He sent in the troops. Yeah, that's right. Abraham Lincoln, uh, John F. Kennedy, Dwight Eisenhower, uh, to, to help little kids go to school in the South, little black kids, they sent in the troops. That's right. They used the same Insurrection Act. Uh, George Bush, 41, used it in the L.A. riots to send in the troops to protect the innocent black people in the neighborhoods where those riots were being conducted. So Senator Tom Cotton writes it. Anyway, the editor got fired, the guy that invited him to write the column, and uh, Tom Cotton said this about the mob. They 
totally surrendered to a woke child mob from their own newsroom that apparently gets triggered if they're presented with any opinion contrary to their own, as opposed to telling yeah, the woke children in their newsroom, this is the workplace, not a social justice seminar on campus. <laughs> it's so true. Some poor guy that writes for the Philadelphia Inquirer, he wrote an article and he entitled it, Buildings Matter. And he got fired. He's out of a job today. Buildings matter. Property matters, folks. That's right. It matters in a big way because it's people's livelihoods. No, no, no. No, you're not listening. Oh, you can replace the property. Right. right? Yeah, that's right. There were nine unarmed black men killed by police in 2019. That's the nine too many, but they were attacking the police, uh, the majority of them, if not all of them. They were attacking the police when they were, when they were killed. Some but, but, but yeah. nine. Yeah. Only nine. All right, so it's not epidemic. No, 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 no. All right, so let's, let's let, let it be data-driven. Uh, there's a, a piece in the Post this morning that showed, that has a picture of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. Eight people, eight young black people were killed in a 24-hour period. Actually, 18 homicides, period. 18 homicides in a 24-hour people, period. All black. Nobody cares. Black in lives Chicago, in Chicago, you see all these right. young black people. Oh, the numbers are they, outrageous. They were all killed by uh, uh, other young black people in Chicago. Nobody cares. Oprah's not going to bring that up on her no. show tonight. Guaranteed. Six, like six thousand have already been killed this year. She won't bring it up tonight or tomorrow night. It's a two-night series. Yeah, and, and it is a, a glaring omission why they continue to, you know, harp on uh, white officers killing black men, which, as you point out time and time again, is less than ten and thousands and thousands and thousands die in Chicago. And they don't want to talk in about 24 it. Twenty-four hours. Get it. Eighteen people killed in twenty-four. That's twice hours. as many as, as were killed. Blacks who were killed by whites right. the whole year. And when you see the pictures of these kids, one girl's wearing a graduation cap. She's eighteen years old. I mean, it really is heartbreaking. Well, you're right. Some of these, uh, first of all, their children in Chicago. A stray bullet goes through a window and kills exactly a little girl in her right. sleep. Nobody cares. No, but some of these other guys, you know, again, they're they're not great guys. Michael Brown, bad guy. George Floyd, God rest his soul, never should have died, but was a bad guy. Put a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach. I mean, let's stop with the, you know, the, like their old mother, Teresa. God, please. Tonight. Adam is in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Sydney, a place you're familiar with. Yes. Good morning to you, Adam. Yes, good morning. You, you, you know me. I always say you guys are the absolute best. Yes, thank you, Adam. Thank you, and say hello no to problem. Los Angeles. Thank you. Uh, I will. Uh, it's actually uh, reopened a little bit, but not much. Oh, okay. really? Uh, yeah, uh, beaches are open. I drive by the beach every day. What about mangoes? Yeah. Can you go drinking mangoes? Is no, that open? Uh, t- mangoes is closed. It's not there anymore. It's, an, it's a new place now. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, yesterday I was on hold, but I don't know if you guys reported that there was an arrest in Captain uh, Dorn's uh, case. Yes, we talked about that. Uh, and you were going to talk about the near, yes, Captain Dorn, which nobody's reporting on, of course. And there, right, there were right. no, mo- I, no memorials for, for David Dorn. And it's all nothing. on video, nothing. And you were going to say something about the uh, kneeling. Uh, tell us yes, about Yes, yes, the kneeling. I think that was an absolute disgrace to the American people. And God forbid our president got on his knee and kneeled. He'd be lambasted from here to Africa. Absolutely. Oh, no doubt about he, it. He ain't going to do that. Mike is in Yonkers. Before you go to Mike, let me throw this at you. And you tell me if this is true because you'll only know this. Jim Brewer just sent me this, a great comedian. California Governor Gavin Newsom is Nancy Pelosi's nephew? I have never heard that. Okay. Adam Schiff's sister is married to George Soros's son? Uh, I, I, that's a possibility. Oh, the, these are, this is definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John uh, Kerry's daughter is married to a uh, mullah's son in Iran. 
And John Kerry's uh, stepson was uh, involved with Hunter Biden in the China deal. And yes, Hillary's daughter Chelsea is married to George Soros's nephew. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. She's married. He's she's married to uh, some some executive, some but he's not Goldman Sachs, but somebody like that. If you had a hunch the new system was somewhat rigged and you couldn't put your finger on it, this might help you solve the puzzle. One more time, quickly. Gavin Newsom, California governor, Nancy Pelosi's nephew, Adam Schiff's sister, married to George Soros's son, John Kerry's daughter, married to a Mullah son in Iran, Chelsea Clinton, married to George Soros's <laughs> nephew. If all four of these things are true, it's even scarier than we thought, no? Yeah. Oh, it is. And it explains John Kerry's affinity for uh, the country of Iran, Iran. Yeah. and uh, him breaking this uh, Logan Act left and right. Uh, now, quickly, Mike and Yonkers, uh, make your point, Mike. Good morning to you. Hey, guys, good morning. Listen, you may not be getting paid these ridiculous salaries like the ESPN uh, host, but rest assured and take comfort in knowing that you're doing God's work. You guys are patriots. And at a time where, you know, everyone is bowing down to the mob, you're not. You're standing strong. That's very kind of you, Mike. That's a, a way to end the segment. We do really do Thank appreciate you, Mike. that. Yes. We, we, we try to bring you to the truth. And try not to pull our punches. And uh, glad somebody appreciates it. Mike in Yonkers and Jim Brewer. Look at Jim Brewer all over everything. He's out of the closet, man. He is so out of the closet. I mean, look, if you're not out of the closet now, this is a turning point in this country. This is a big deal. Uh, even uh, Bill O'Reilly ended his column. He said, if you elect Joe Biden, we're done. This country is done. If you, you have to elect Trump. He's not perfect. But you have to elect Trump and Republicans. Give them a house. Give them a Congress to work with. Put up a nice picture of uh, me and my dad, Harvey, on Instagram, at Sid Rosenberg, Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg, Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. And my son, Gabriel, actually photobombed the picture, wishing my dad, Harvey, my my man, a happy birthday today. And what um, what an amazing job by the listeners and friends and people on these Social media sites, he, I mean, there's hundreds already of people. Happy birthday, Harvey. Some know him, some don't. Just fans of Bernie and Sid, and uh, it's always really very, very heartwarming. By the way, Bernie is a huge fan. This is a worth saying after our discussion at the top of the hour, our sports-slash-political discussion. Bernie is a huge fan of the uh, Moose and Maggie show on WFAN. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, when I go through the Queens Midtown Tunnel yeah. on my way home, and I pay that... Uh, what is it? Nine dollars uh, total? Is it $9 one way? Now? Something like that. Jeez. Uh, I, I cannot get uh, AM radio and I can't get satellite radio. So I put on FM. Ah. And it is locked into 101.9. That's the fan. So I was listening to those two on my way home yesterday and they were discussing. Bro. bro. Uh, that's right. It used to be Joe Beningo on at that time. It used time. to be me and Joe. That's right. And then it was Joe and Evan Roberts, but they replaced Mike Francesa in the afternoons. They were talking about uh, Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, he should get a job in the NFL now. He should, get, he should really get a job. At least that was uh, the woman's oh, point Maggie, of view. Oh, Maggie, she's such a look. And, she's uh, tough. Moose, uh, who I know, Moose from way back. Uh, well, M- Mark Malusis, yes. yes. No, that's not, I never called him Moose because I thought it was insulting. Right. He but, ran the board for Mike and the Mad Dog. Right, right, right. Chris Collin was it, the producer and Moose ran the very board. Very nice kid. Very but, nice. But I, I would never call him Moose because I thought, you know, like five, apparently right. he embraced it. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. Moose, he was like, well, I'm not so sure about that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's like, uh, what are they going to do with Cam? Cam Newton needs a job. Why doesn't what, uh, they, he does? Let him get a job. He should get a job before Colin Kaepernick. It's true. And plus... Kaepernick, uh, his skills, uh, look, at, look at his last year with the 49ers. 
his, the team was, uh, what were they, 0-12 uh, or yeah, something? Yeah, I, I mean, look, again. Well, he, let's not debate it. Yeah, I'm just saying fine. that's what they were talking he, he, he can about. still play. Uh, he's better than most backups, even now, removed from the game all these years. But if I'm an NFL owner, I'm not signing Colin Kaepernick. It's not worth a PR nightmare but, to have him take I, 10 snaps a year. But honestly... Whenever I tune into a, a sports talk radio like that, yeah. and they're just usually talking sports, this happened to be a good ha- topic. This was right. a, a social issue. Right. And so I stay with them for a little while. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're both they, nice people. If they were debating who should uh, be tackled, you know, blocking for Jones on the Giants or something like that, I'm, you I'm, gone. I'm, I'm out of complete. Yeah. I'm begging you. Well, Bro. you know, it's funny. Here I am. I'm the quote unquote sports guy, and I did spend 15, 17 years talking exclusively sports. You know, Bernie, to be completely honest, now I haven't driven a car. I've not driven a car since 2016 when I got pulled over in Brooklyn by my sister's house when I first got here. So I haven't driven a car in over four years. I don't put on Radio.com. Once or twice I've listened to an online interview with Mike Francesa, like before he brought on Keith Hernandez, and you and I brought him on about the book or Ron Darling, just the other conversation. You know, I've not listened to, like, actual radio daily programming of WFAN in the four years I've been here. Because I'm, uh, I'm on the train, I go home, you, I'm not in the car. You're not missing anything. No, I know, I know. It's it's just, just, uh, I don't it's, listen. It's like... Yeah, I know. It really is. Uh, mm. It's boring. But uh, when they, what, they're forced now to talk about social issues. Topics, yeah. You know, the yeah. culture is, uh, you know, especially when no sports is being played. Right. That even makes it more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Here's uh, Steve. He's on Staten Island, Bernard. He's on line six. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, fellas. Great show as always. Thank you. Here on the show, Blackish, a sitcom. Very good show with uh, Anderson. His name is Anderson. It's, it's a horrible, racist show. and uh, I like the show. It's, it's completely racist. They hate white people. Well, that's true. They do. But if you go into it knowing that, you can get through. Well, I, uh, yeah, if you go into it knowing that, then you watch it. I mean, I mean, we might as well put on a mask. Are you, are you a masochist? Yeah, I like it. The bigger issue is that this guy Anderson uh, should be one of those Me Too people. You know, he got, uh, he got in trouble for all that stuff, but he seemed to just kind of I've seen skate. him interviewed. He hates white people. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, I'm sorry. Correct. No, he said, quote, on the show, 90% of, of all cops are thugs and 10% are consultants for law and order. But that's not why I called. Right. I, the way we're going, I fully expect to see Drew Brees doing a eulogy for George Floyd while wearing the African guard standing on American flag and the astronauts, astronauts we, we're watching this. You know, these athletes, black athletes, should learn about Joe Lewis and Jackie Robinson, who lived in a much more discriminatory time, and they had no trouble by honoring the American flag. And, that, and I, will, I will social distance myself from football. I guarantee you, Bernie. Okay, good, good so for Steve's you, Steve. out. Steve's out uh, of uh, the NFL. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about you on Sunday when the Giants are playing. Listen, Dallas. these guys—they're <laughs> overpaid, pampered, ignorant babies. They don't—they don't know the stats. They don't know the reality of what's happening. The police are protecting uh, people in the inner city, not going in and targeting them. They're protecting them. You do have bad apples, of course. Again, nine unarmed black men killed by police in 2019. Twenty. Unarmed white people killed by police in 2019. That's a 39 unarmed people killed by police in 2019. 49 people in 2019 were struck by lightning and so, killed. That's what we need to know. Here is a Tom. He's, a, he's in Manhattan. He's on line one. Good morning, Tommy. Uh, what's your father's first name? My father's first name is Harvey. Harvey, okay. 
I wanted to talk about the article I'm writing, which has to do with the billions of dollars that Israel is making because of the racism in this country. And this is something you certainly are not going to hear on uh, Oprah's show tonight. But, you know, if you want to talk about that in a second, let's, let's talk about your father and honor him. You have to remember all the sacrifices he gave you, like my father did. But he's gone. And I never told him. But anyway, let's forget about that. Okay, here we go. I'm going to take a deep breath. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah, Harvey. His name is Harvey, Tom. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Harvey. That's very nice, Tom. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. And um, I'm sure wherever your father is, that he knows you love him, and it's all good. So thank you so much for that. And Harvey, thanks you for that. And um, you sound like a heck of a nice guy. Thank you, Tom. Here is uh, Yuri in New Jersey on line five. Good morning, Yuri. Good morning, guys. Uh, Just want to say thank you very much uh, to all the NYPD officers for, you know, protecting me, my family, my neighborhood, and my city. Thank you very much. Also, uh, those who wants to replace police officers with organizers, community organizers, look what happened with one community organizer that was in charge here. <laughs> right. Look what happened. And also, I want to tell you, I grew up in a socialist country, and I came in late 70s, never saw that it's going to be like this, never even thought it's going to be like this in this country. But I'm going to tell you that all of those who wants to have a socialism in this country, mm-hmm. they won't survive. And that's what they try. That's, yeah. that's their goal. Thank you. It's all, this is all a power play. It's to overthrow capitalism. All of it. All of it. Uh, the resistance. This is an extension of the resistance. An, an effort to, the Green New Deal, an effort to overthrow capitalism. And this latest, uh, defund the police garbage. Uh, and, and these idiots, these, uh, the Pelosi's, the de Blasio's, the, even the Cuomo's. I mean, appeasing, trying to appease the people with, who harbor these sentiments. It's just lunacy. It's absolute lunacy. And this appeasement, it never works. And, 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 you know, with these people kneeling, Nancy Pelosi and uh, Schmuck Schumer and all those, I mean, humiliating themselves. I loved uh, 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 Miranda Devine's line. An appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile hoping it will eat him last. Right. <laughs> and that's it. The mob doesn't, they're yeah. not going to respect you. No. They hate you. Right. They hate your right. guts. You they, 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 actually, they actually laugh at you. They They're laugh at you. They have no respect for you. No. And they shouldn't. Here is our, our dear friend Danny on Long Island. He's on line four. Good morning, Dan. How are you, pal? Good morning, guys. Another great show. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, I'd like to just comment on this whole thing about the unarmed person being killed. Yeah. Uh, many years ago when I was on 42nd Street, and, I, and the guy spun off the wall, and he grabbed my gun in my holster. Was he unarmed? Hmm. That's now, a good point. Now, that, that's a Michael Brown very situation. Good a very right. good Three point. Days, Two, two weeks ago, there's a shooting. It was on your, your newscast that just covered it on the Jersey Turnpike. Some trooper, who I believe was African American, all by himself, pulls over a guy for going 120 miles an hour. The record show it was the second time in 24 hours he was pulled over for going over 100. The guy was nuts. He pushed. Eventually, he assaults the cop, gets in the cop's car. He's in the radio in the, in, car. In the driver's side. Yes, try, trying right. to drive the car right. away. Is exactly. that an, now, that counts as an unarmed person. Does that sound like an unarmed person, an innocent person, nope. a person? 
That person sounds like a person who needs to be shot. Uh, yep. Danny, by the way, the media misrepresents that. They show that video, and they neglect to tell you that he was in the driver's seat uh, in the cop car. The cop they asked him to wait in the patrol car because the individual's car wouldn't start up. Go wait in my patrol car. He gets in the driver's side, and that's what precipitated this whole thing. Then he attacked the cop, and the cop had to shoot him. I mean, uh, But your point is well taken, Danny, in that these are not counted. And they all are, are terrifying and, and, and should be. And the, your point is well taken. I, you know, these are the things that we go through every single day that are omitted because they don't necessarily count as a quote-unquote statistic, but they are terrifying. Terrifying. And it, it, it just goes to yeah. show you, the, you know, the, how law and order is so important, and you need police in our society to make sure that it doesn't completely go away. And, and you need a media that doesn't misrepresent uh, uh, during an inflammatory time a situation like that. For example, tell the whole story. Tell exactly what happened. Right. Uh, what Danny laid out. He had a record, a history. He was out of his mind, and he got into the cop car in the driver's seat. He was going to take the cop car and leave. Yeah. And then the cop caught him, dragged him out. They get into a fight, and they ended up uh, shooting the guy. Yeah. I mean, he did every. He was very polite leading up to the uh, altercation, the physical altercation. And uh, he won, thank God, because uh, sometimes the cops don't exactly. win. Exactly, And we tend to concentrate on George Floyd and not the, the poor cop it, who every it, now and then gets killed. It was a Michael Brown situation, as I just said.